Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley is back from the holiday weekend. Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us. Matthew Rocchio is here. Sad news today, double the cost for drinks with the Cardinals' performance <laughs> yesterday. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good. I'm wonderful. Good. Well rested. Uh, you, you know, here, here's how things are for the Cardinals. We're, okay, were you guys, was anybody in the room except for me rooting for the perfect game? Nobody? Well, Nobody? I mean, I when was, you get that close yeah. to a perfect game, you, you don't want it to be broken up. No, so I, I don't know if you're rooting, but you're kind of like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> hey, it doesn't look like the Cardinals are going to be involved in much history this year. <laughs> if you're not, and, and you didn't have a chance to, yeah. to win the game, so you you might as well kind of cheer for the for the perfect game. I was rooting for the guy. Yeah. Because oh, I got the update on my phone that the, the, the Royals had a perfect game going in the 8th. And then I got to the TV, and I saw that it was technically a combined one because they went with the opener. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, eh. Yeah. It's still. It took some of the shine off. Uh, do, you, do you guys remember perfect. Mike Myers' debut, by the way, Cardinals? I, I was going to say, what a redemption that no was. Doubt. I mean, that was one of the worst, I think, Major League Baseball debuts I've ever seen. On Sunday Night Baseball, yes. right? National yes. TV. Yes, it was terrible. So that was kind of a nice redemption arc for him. But at the hands of the Cardinals, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. It's like Michael Myers. He looked like he was Michael Myers from the Halloween movie. He was slaying the Cardinals hitters. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't like that so much. So maybe I was maybe the only one not exactly rooting for that to happen. Okay, I need to find out how everybody's uh, weekend went. Brooke went home to, to Nicheville. How was it? Niche, Nicheville. Nicheville. It was, yeah. oh, I like how you added the vol. That, that's very important. It was great. I got myself a cowboy hat. Okay. Proud so of you. I lived in Tennessee my whole life, and I just now get one now that I don't <laughs> live there anymore. Uh, we did the Jack Daniels distillery tour. Which is interesting because it's a dry county, and so it's very confusing. Um, But they kind of like give you like little shots, basically, where you're right under the legal limit. Um, So, but you had to like do like a whole walk beforehand. So, like my fiance and I were like, okay, when are we going to wrap this walk up so that we can get to the fun part? I think that's what everybody wants. And then you get there and you see these tiny shots, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is a dry county. Um, But it was great. It was great to just go back home and. And kind of visit with my parents. They listen 
literally every morning, so they're going to be listening to this. I got to see my dad's little portable radio that mm-hmm. he like takes around with him everywhere so That's he can great. listen cool. to us. Um, and got to hang out with some of my friends who are like all moms now. So I got to see all the babies and it was great. Good deal. Nice. Yeah. Glad you're here. We missed you on Friday. We did. Yeah, I missed you guys while I was going on my Jack Daniels distillery tour. You were having yeah. more fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's how a lot of people get through this show is clearly <laughs> tour the Jack Daniels. Yeah. How about you, CD? Uh, rested. I went to a, a comedy show on Sunday night, um, but... Uh, Cedric the Entertainer and Mike nice. Epps and DL Hughley. It was a it was a really good show. Earthquake. It was it was a great time. And so did that Sunday. Uh, rested pretty much all weekend. Just chilled. I didn't nice. do much. You needed that. That's a good yes. plan, and you needed that. Yes. How about Matthew? Matthew got his uh, his. Ripple chips and, and dip. Rachel, thank you very much for the... <laughs> I yeah. saw that, yeah. yeah. I was going to get my chips and dip. You know I was going to. Thank you. Shout out to Schnooks for the French onion dip. Always yeah. always good French onion dip from Schnooks. So, yeah, it was a successful weekend. Good. Yeah, I did a lot of eating. I did a lot of barbecuing and a lot of eating. So, uh, I, I was fine, too. A couple bike rides, because the weather was perfect. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, we're talking uh, about all this stuff that we did, because the Cardinals keep losing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yesterday, they almost got perfect gamed by the Royals. They lose 7 nothing. Dave before that, they get walked off against Ryan Helsley, four-three to the Guardians. Saturday was fine; they win in the tenth inning against the Guardians, two to one, and they had lost the opener of that series four-three. So, not a good uh, stretch here for our St. Louis Cardinals. Who, oh by the way, heading into last night, had the worst record in the National League, but the Nationals lost, so the Cardinals no longer have the worst record. Well. By percentage points, they're ahead of Washington. So they don't have the worst record in the National League. So, uh, Wow. Wow. That's your sunshine and lollipops this Tuesday morning. That's the best I got for you. (laughs) Is it just, is it fatigue? From this, from this series, I mean, from this, uh, this stretch of games? I think it's a good excuse. You know know what? They they didn't, the the Cardinals wanted to play on Memorial Day, right? So the, the reason that they did 19 and 19 or doing, are doing 19 and 19 because they wanted to have that full house for Memorial Day. Now, should the schedule makers make every team play on Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day? Absolutely, they should. But it's not like the Cardinals are immune to criticism for this because they're the ones that wanted to play 19 in a row. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that. the thing is, is... You know, the, I think you can acknowledge that the stretch, it's a its a very daunting stretch of games. And I saw on social media, a lot of people kind of jumped on Ollie for the comments afterwards. And he didn't bring that up. That was a question that mm-hmm. was asked to him. So he was responding. And I think it is fair to point out that this is a very long stretch of games. They knew that. But at the same time, too, you're not going to garner much sympathy from people who are like, well... I mean, yeah, but, you know, you're professional baseball players. I saw some people say, you're just p- playing for three hours. There's a lot more that goes into it yeah. than three hours. A CD you could attest as a former athlete. It's not like you just show up and you go out there on the field. <laughs> right. And I'm not making excuses for them because either way, at the plate, it's concerning, right? Because it wasn't just yesterday. It's like their bats have been inconsistent during that Ohio trip as well, yeah. too. And. If we worked 19 days in a row, day 18, we'd probably be gassed too, right? Doesn't matter what line of work you're in. If you work 18 or 19 days in a row, when you get to day 18 or 19 or 17, it's going to affect you. But this team, in addition to being gassed, just they don't appear to have what it takes to be a division champion. Right now, we have here we are at the end of May. We Memorial Day is a, a benchmark for me, and I find it alarming to have essentially the worst record in the National League on Memorial Day. And 
it's not like they've had devastating injuries. Their pitching staff has been pretty much intact. Tyler O'Neill isn't that great that losing him is going to cause you to not be great. I think one of the things that we have to come to grips with, and I was telling you guys before we came on the air, the, we all expected the Packers to Didn't we all expect the Packers to beat Detroit? Maybe not yeah. you, because you love Detroit. Yeah. But, you, but you were logical. Yeah, because You're, of that situation yeah. that they would beat yeah, them, you, last game of the year. Yeah, so the Packers, <laughs> you know, we, we all thought the Packers, because they've always been good, that they're going to be good. I think people around the country probably feel that way about the Cardinals. Oh, they've always been good. They're going to be fine. They might not be. They might not be fine. Well, and it's just been kind of a roller coaster ride of the season. It seems like finally in May they were able to kind of get back on track a little bit after a really bad April. And we even had Ollie on last week, and he talked about they realized that they got themselves in a hole that they have to dig themselves out of. And so you're like, okay, we're, we're trending in the right direction. Especially, it seemed like for a while there, Nolan Arnato got back to kind of his ways as well, too. And it really seems like when Nolan Arnato goes, this offense goes as well. And I know that that's a lot to hinge on a player, but that's why you get paid the big bucks, right? And that's why you have the giant contract. But when you only muster up two hits yesterday in that situation with Michael Myers, you know, a guy who isn't even essentially a starter for the Royals, I think that the red flags are going to start coming up. I just don't know yet if you can say that it's fully back to panic bus mode because this is a long stretch of games. I would like to see how they are after this kind of reset but it's concerning, definitely, because it seems like it's always something. Now you have your concerns about the outfield again because you have Lars Newtbar. Obviously, that did not look good yesterday, no. and they're saying back spasms, mm-hmm. so he's kind of considered day-to-day. I'd be surprised if he's out there again today, but then they'll probably reevaluate after a few days. And then you have your offense kind of sputtering. I mean, it was great to see Wells Contreras built like a, you know, go through that get through that 0 for 27 skid, but at the same time, these are some pretty big skids for some of your guys. Yeah, they're scoring no runs. So the Cardinals will play the Royals again tonight. Second of two, Michaelis against Grinky, and then the Cardinals will be off on Wednesday and Thursday. The rare two days in a row off for the Redbirds. NHL playoffs last night. Vegas advances to the Stanley Cup Finals with a 5 nothing shutout of Dallas. Vegas wins the series four games to two. So it'll be Vegas against the Florida Panthers, based in Miami, in the Stanley Cup Finals. And it will be... Miami against Denver in the NBA Finals as the Heat rolled the Celtics last night 103-84, to winning that series four games to three. So the Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers both in their respective finals of the winter sports. Miami Heat was uh, that was a beat down from start to finish. It was. Justin, Jason Tatum sprained his ankle on the first play of the game and mm-hmm. never was really himself, but all the, the, the Boston Celtics just didn't show up. They got bullied yesterday. How and does that, that happen? I don't know. I don't know. I, I I I fancy myself as a teammate that would be overly aggressive in one of those moments and maybe grab the hell out of somebody and say, hey, let's go. Nobody on that team had that in them. They shot too many threes. They missed too many of them. They just didn't play well, and Miami went up there and bullied them. Okay, question for both of you. And I know, Carrie, you know this better than Brooke and I because you deal with young people on a daily basis. Could it be a reflection of a generation where you hate losing? I wonder if they have enough people that hate losing. Jimmy Butler clearly yeah. hates losing. I wonder if there's a, a guy or enough people on the Celtics that hate losing. 
I would. I don't know if it's generational because the Miami Heat have guys in the same generation. They got guys that are you know undrafted, gritty, fight tooth mm-hmm. and nail, and get after it. They're the same age yeah. for the most part. But they got the guy they, though. It, well, he, I mean, he, he drags him along. Jason Tatum is supposed to be the guy. He's exactly. supposed, but like I said, he hurt his ankle in that in that first play, which made him slowed him down tremendously. It just it just was not a good look for the Boston Celtics. That's the second time this postseason that Boston, a Boston-based team, has lost at home Game Seven. I love it. I'm not. I'm not. Mad, I'm not <laughs> mad I about thought it. of it that way. I'm at home. I'm not yeah. mad about it. I would love to hear the Boston uh, text lines today and yeah. hear their their stations how how frustrated they are. But they just didn't play well, and Miami gave it to them. I, I was anybody expecting like the big duo to come out of this would be Jimmy Butler and Caleb Martin. Nah, either no, I mean no, like right. I I would have definitely picked Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown more than that. But yeah. to your point too with the Boston teams, I don't think anybody's feeling sorry for them. But could we talk about how? kind of crappy of a year this has been for Boston teams. You have the Bruins with like the best regular season record. They go out and lay a goose egg and then you have this happen with Boston where they are able to come back and then just absolutely lay an egg in that game. It it was just very surprising and I don't know, maybe maybe some of the sports gods were getting back at Boston teams a little bit. Eh, maybe. But at least they got Belichick and the Patriots. No. Oh. No. No. Oh. Mm. Might be last in their division this year. <laughs> I think they might. City SC, a winner over Vancouver on Saturday night over at City Park. 3-1. We're going to talk to Lutz Fahnenstiel about that and the rebound of City SC coming up at 8 o'clock. Also today here on this program, Darren Pang will join us to talk about those Stanley Cup finals. He'll be involved on TNT with their telecast. And Mike Claiborne with our regular Tuesday visit. And we're only till 10 today, right? Is McKernan working? Really? (laughs) (laughs) I thought he took the summer off. (laughs) I thought we we could pass Memorial Day and Tim was just out of there. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad. Uh, Coming up, things we loved about the weekend here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. things we loved about the weekend. Two each for a total of six, because there's three of us. Good Number two. I like that math. Uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that, right? yeah, Mathing. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Mathing I'm, I'm going to roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's the opening drive, 101 ESPN. Uh, guys, this was easy for me on uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we had Mike Johnson in studio from Sugar Fire and High Point oh, yeah. and Chicken Out on Friday. And uh, I had asked Mike uh, a while back, how to make the perfect burger. And Mike explained to me how to make the perfect burger. And again, I made the perfect burger this weekend. And I, I, I'm so thrilled. And you know what? With the knowledge of how to make the perfect burger, Mike told us that he, uh, Brooke, you weren't here. He eats a burger every single day of his life. It's I impressive. get it. I totally get it with every burgers. Every day? Every day. So I, I, I could do it with burgers that good. Man, it was great. <laughs> and I did it on the Traeger, so it was even better. It was sensational. Is that healthy? I don't know. I don't care. I'm old. <laughs> I've had a nice run. Uh, have, might as well have fun <laughs> on the way out, Enjoy right? Enjoy it. <laughs> oh. uh, so, for me, I was, uh, well, I was choosing between the two. I, I'll go with the Miami Heat. Um, 
their win yesterday. They were they were up 3-0 in the series. They allowed Boston to creep back into the series. Game six was one of the best games that in the series. Uh, yeah. Derek White hitting that that last second shot as the as the clock goes off. That was spectacular for the Heat. That was a special win for them. I mean for the uh, Celtics. Unfortunately, uh, the the Miami Heat decided to go up to Boston and beat the hell out of Boston in Boston, uh, and Boston couldn't get it done. So that was a great series, a great finish. Game six was awesome. Game seven was cool. You know, you would have liked the, to, to see Boston show up a little bit better, but Miami Heat and Eric Spolstra, he's a coach that does not get enough credit. He is, this is his sixth finals appearance in, in, I believe, 15 years. So just how how well he's performed as a head coach. Obviously, he had LeBron and, and D-Wade for four of them, but he's taken this crew of Jimmy Butler and a cast of characters twice in the last three or four years. So uh, he's doing a special job. That Miami Heat culture is fun to watch it is yeah it really is well my my number two thing I, I kind of went back and forth with this but I think that it deserves a very big shout out because this weekend City SC with a win and one of the goals was scored by a St. Louisan and also recent Pattonville High School grad. Just days after he graduated, Miggy, Miguel Perez was able to score a goal for City SC. Nice round of applause for that. And that's that's kind of what they've been saying, right, with their commitment to bringing MLS here to St. Louis was also kind of building up this next generation of talent here in St. Louis. And I wasn't I don't think I was expecting it to see this soon, but Miggy has been just such a great story for City SC. And the way that he's handling this at 18 years old and is holding his own out there, it was just great to see him finally get his first MLS goal. It paid off a lot for him. I was eating a bunch of McChickens when I was graduating from high school. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't just, doing any of that. Yeah, I, I think they just uh, they just unveiled, they just introduced the McChicken back uh. in the day. So that was what I was doing when I graduated from high school. That's pretty awesome. Driving around my orange Firebird, getting in trouble. I was not doing good things like playing pro soccer and getting goals. No? No. no. <laughs> I was working. I was working, though. Give me credit for working. Number one. Guys, as we know, the Blues were very active at the trade deadline. They moved Ryan O'Reilly. They moved Vladimir Tarasenko. They moved Nico Mikola. But you know what? Ivan Barbashev is going to the finals, and he is the ninth leading scorer in the NHL playoffs with 15 points. He's got six goals, nine assists. He's second in the NHL in these playoffs with a plus 12. He is just a playoff player. And I love the fact that Ivan Barbashev has made himself a ton of money. And it's going to be fun when Ivan Barbashev, who is a grinder and will go and hit and play a north-south game, is on the ice at the same time as Matthew Kachuk. That will be a fun matchup to watch. He had a really good goal in Game 5, wasn't yeah. it? That, that was a really good goal, really spectacular. I mean, for him to be traded you know, midseason, not knowing what the future really holds, going to a new, new organization, uh, to be able to say you're in the final is is a spectacular thing for him. I'm sure he's excited. I'm sure all of his teammates that he that he played with are excited for him as well. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting final. And give credit to Vegas because they've turned over their franchise, but they're still good enough to go to a final. Yeah, you got Florida in it. Yeah, are you taking you taking? Uh, I'm, I'm taking Kachuk. I think Matthew is the X factor. I, I agree. Yeah. My number one is uh, yesterday. Me and my son and I went to the uh, went to the, went to the park. Worked on some things with his swing. He has a game today. We'll see if it pays dividends. It didn't start out great. I, I got to be honest. It was a little. It was a rough 
patch there in the beginning of, of us working because uh, he had been at his friend's house all night and spent the night. And, you know, when you spend the night at friend's house, you don't want to get up. And so he was he was a little tired, a little cranky, um, but finally started to come around, have a little success hitting the ball. Uh, I threw him some pitches. He actually cranked a few of them. So we'll see if uh, if that pays dividends tonight at the old ballpark for my son. I like to hear that. Just one yeah. little thing. And yeah. it's, you know, just... Uh, the swing is a, a, a tough thing yes. to get nailed down. So that's cool. I'm and glad that he started repetition, hitting. the repetition, doing it over yep. and over the same way is the part that a 10-year-old has trouble with. Who would have thought? I think even 30-year-olds have trouble with it, <laughs> if, if my observation is correct here. Uh, maybe he has some pointers for me with that home run derby that we have oh, yeah. coming up this weekend. Yeah. 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 Good luck. I need I need some help with that. <laughs> Rocky is already proud. Do me proud. I won't yeah. be there, unfortunately. I'm just going to be the MC. Oh, <laughs> or you too. My eyes are. Listen, if you can, don't at can, least get can one, bar, can I borrow uh, your yeah. forearms? If you don't get one, we're going to have a conversation here uh, when we get I'm back. Monday. I got to well, go to Tower T, I think, uh, and practice <laughs> just so that I'm not going out there fully green. Well, my number one thing, uh, just keeping it on the theme of fun weekend down in Nashville, I got to break my diet for a little bit. I kind of, not that anybody told me that I could do that. I just did it anyways. And, I mean, and I ate terribly. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh, I mean, we, we had some good old Southern cooking. So at the Jack Daniels Distillery, if anybody ever goes for the tour there, they have this place called like Mary Bobo's and it's family style. And so I they told us that, and I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't what I was expecting, where they literally take you up to a table and you're eating with a bunch of strangers and you're passing food around. They oh, already wow. have like the meal and it's like traditional like meatloaf and fried chicken and all that kind of stuff. It was good. I haven't had that in a long time. And then you got to chat with some strangers and get Pretty to know cool. them and become a little family. That's so awesome. I gained a new family this weekend. That's my number one thing. I like that. Good for you. <laughs> Bobos. What? Mary Bobos. Mary Bobos. Okay. Yeah. Good. Keep that in mind. All right. Family style. Uh, so that's good. That's what we got. Matthew, how about you? We, we got to get Matthew, because Matthew had his Ripple Chips this weekend. So I didn't blow the anniversary, so that, that was good. That's wow. the, that's the important part. I didn't screw that up. Yeah, good. Good for you. That's all, that's all that matters. Good. And uh, that was my number one and number two. We, we saw on the Twitter machine that you were eating well. I was, yes, yes. I, I was uh, I was working the grill. It was fantastic. Uh, bratwurst, cheeseburgers, hot dogs. Didn't get any of the wings of the pulled pork sammies in there, unfortunately. Mm. But still, though, a, a pretty good spread. And of course, I had my one side. That's all I needed. That's oh. the only side I ate, by the way. There was mac and cheese available uh, with forks, oh. um, and I said, "I said no, I'm good. I got chips and dip." By and the way, I did not need any other sides. Who won the food draft oh. too? Carrie didn't. Oh yeah. Cause I, I have to admit, I saw it, and I I think Carrie had the best. Carrie did well. Here's the thing: the best barbecue. How can, how can we have a draft like that and not have a single vegetable? <laughs> you I don't noticed need that. It. I you noticed. Don't need not it. even a you know, you green don't need beans. Nobody, I was proud of us for not having a yeah. vegetable, Randy. I, I thought sure. that was. I thought we knocked it out of the park. I thought that was exemplary. Yes. <laughs> did a spectacular good job. Good job. Just meat good, and, and good job us. cakes and pies and yeah. desserts. Really good. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't get any brownie. I gotta buy a brownie on the way home from work. We I had a brownie. No, I didn't get any brownies. Ooh. Yeah. We 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 didn't do them. In, that was just a whiff on draft day. Uh, the, my my scouting staff just messed that one up. Mm. It's kind of like taking Jimmy Kennedy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Cherry cherry pie with Jimmy Kennedy. Serviceable, but just not. You could have had Troy Palomalo. Now who hates pie? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Coming up, we've got our bird watch here on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Hetman Lumber.
Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the Opening Drive. And it is time for a little Bird Watch. And Kansas Cardinals against Cincinnati, Cleveland, Kansas City, three and five in their last eight games. And in that last week, you hate to put pressure on Nolan Arenado, but Brooke, you you mentioned it. His performance seems to drive the Cardinals' performance. When I was a kid, there was a saying about Lou Brock, who was the Cardinals' leadoff hitter. He was kind of the straw that stirred the drink, and the the saying was, "As Lou Brock goes, so go the Cardinals." And I believe that's the case with Nolan Arenado, who over the course of that last week has gone three for twenty-one with one RBI. His batting average is one sixty-seven, and his OPS is four sixty. And this is not an affront to Nolan Arnato because everybody's going to have a bad week once in a while. It's just to point out what appears to be a fact that if Nolan Arnato is hitting well, the Cardinals seem to hit well. And if Nolan Arnato is not hitting well, the Cardinals don't seem to hit well. He is the proverbial, as Reggie Jackson was described with the Yankees. Nolan Arnato is the straw that stirs the drink. And if he's not stirring, there is not much to drink. Yeah, they're not going to win. We talked about that, you know, during his stretch where he was struggling. That's just, it just seems to be Paul Goldschmidt is the MVP. He was last year. Nolan was third. But it feels like if Nolan isn't the one making those big plays in those big moments, this team is going to struggle. I mean, you had a perfect game going against you yesterday until Nolan Arnato was the mm-hmm. one to break it up. It's I don't know why that is. I don't know why he's the catalyst for this entire team to, to play well. But when he's hitting, they're winning. And when he when he's not, as you said, they're not winning. It's it's very interesting because it you know even we talked about like the long stretch of games too. None of the players were making letting that be an excuse. And even Nolan Arenado had a quote yesterday too after the game about if the stretch was the problem he said it was more of maybe just them trying too hard because they've been kind of starving for offense recently he said you start pressing you want to get a rally going you feel like you've got to take it on yourself I think all of us collectively probably felt that way at times where we had to get on base that's usually when we're not going the way we want when you're losing sometimes you try to force the issue I know I do that at times yeah I think that's very interesting too where it's even Nolan Arenado saying yes I'm kind of pressing out there and that's some what we're seeing with this kind of slumps with him and also the offense too I think if you're physically diminished you are going to try hard to do things that you're just not capable of doing with the diminished physical state that you're in so I, I can relate to that and the Cardinals 
the the two days coming up, the two off days will come in really handy for the Cardinals. Come on, Cardinal. There we go. <laughs> for me, I, I wrote this down. I said my takeaway from the Cleveland series, this is even before yesterday, they have to get healthy in the outfield. An outfield where you have Brendan Donovan playing every day. Oscar Mercado kicked the ball around out there. Brendan Donovan looks a little bit uncomfortable. Not not he overran a couple, made the catch, but just not as comfortable as you would like an everyday outfielder to be. Five gloves, we love him. We think he's not spectacular. He's your utility player, but your utility player should not be playing every single day. So right now, your outfielders, if you were to go in, Lars Newtbar is is day-to-day. Tyler O'Neill, IL. Dylan Carlson, IL. Still waiting to see if Dylan can bat from both sides and how he is running and all of those things. Right now, you have Brendan Donovan, you have Alec Burleson, Juan Yepes, Oscar Mercado, and maybe Tommy Edmond if you Mm -hmm. want to throw him out there. None of those guys are everyday outfielders. Juan Yepes and, and Alec Burleson, you want them there for their bat, not for what they do in the field. We talked about that during spring training. We don't necessarily need to see this team, uh, these guys in the outfield every single day. You went from a position of too much, too much depth to not nearly enough depth, and it happened quickly. So they're going to have to get healthy or they're going to have to figure out a way to bring some people around that can help them in the outfield both at the bat and in the field because right now you got too many guys that can do one or the other but not both. Kerry, I don't know if there's another option though. Where, where would you go in the organization well, to find so, out? So you know what's crazy, Randy? There was this guy that, 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 that most of the people that, that watch baseball, that that talk about baseball, the the professional guys, the guys that are are, are, are like us in the media, but but all they do is baseball, Randy. Mm-hmm. There was this guy, Jordan, uh, Jordan, 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 Michael. Jordan, Michael Jordan, no, 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 no. Jordan Walker. Oh, J- yeah. Six, Jordan five outfielder, played infield, took him, told him to play the outfield, learn it. He was on the start opening day roster. Oh, okay, I, no, you I remember okay. him? Yeah, number eighteen. Number he 18. had the he yep. had the most he had one the most hits ever for a rookie to start a season. He did, yeah. Twelve, the, tie, 12 straight games. Oof, yeah. What happened to him? I haven't heard from him in a while. He's been stuck in Memphis. Oh, is that where he is? Yeah. Shoot. Sure it, could use him, couldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would say so. Well, okay. and it's interesting too, because now with this whole Lars Newtbar situation, I mean, that's another outfielder you're down. You're talking about outfield health. Yeah. With Lars Newtbar, that did not look good yesterday. And I know that it was I at first I almost thought that maybe it was the way that he landed, it was his legs, but then they said it was back spasms and he'll be day to day with that. But it'll be interesting to see. I would assume that he won't be out there today because you'll get a day off, a couple days off. So you'll give three days to evaluate. But if he's not okay, then you're going to have to make a move at this point, right? Like, I mean, this outfield can't just go on with Mercado and then some of the other guys. I mean, Burleson, Yepes. I, I, it just it can't Need go Carlson that way. To get healthy. Yes, any, and Carlson's a week away, by yeah, the way, yeah. too. If any back injury. Is always scary for an athlete. You, you, I, I told you all. I had a back doctor, a back doctor, tell me, yeah, having back surgery is fifty fifty. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you, if you start dealing with your back, it it can go one, it can go one of two ways, and it can be really bad. So back spasms, back injuries. Tyler O'Neill is dealing with a back. He's been out for an extended period of time. We we still don't know if and when he'll be back. It's just. When you're dealing with a back back spasms, you, you yeah. ever had a back spasm oh, just laying there trying to get up and mm-hmm. do your day? 
let alone swinging a bat. No, it's it's really tough. By the way, Wilson Contreras in the outfield has been broached by the organization, that is not a by guy. us. There you not go. Not by us. You got Trace Barrera behind the plate. You oh, got... <laughs> well, sometimes. Did you see him? You might have. If you blinked, you probably missed him. <laughs> Trace Barrera is but a phone call Taylor away. <laughs> Trace, Trace Barrera is the new Taylor Motter. Anyways, oh. um, my my bird watch could go well, and I think that that is a very interesting point that we're going to dive into a little bit later on. Is the roster construction right now because it is a little confusing especially when you had that 19 game stretch where you're like okay why are certain guys here because we barely even saw Trace Barrera and so you're trying to figure that out but my bird watch right now is going to be Steven Matz for this weekend we we know we've been saying on the show right that we've been wanting Matthew Libertor to get a chance and I know that Friday in that fifth inning things got a little bit hairy but you could almost kind of look at that more of like a defensive alignment issue I felt like mm-hmm. with the infielders but besides that I think with Steven Matz he came in allowing one run on two hits and two hit batters on two and two thirds and also struck out four I think that's fine. I know that they said they didn't exactly say that this is going to be his role moving forward. They said that they're kind of going to reset things or relook at things too during these two days off that they have coming up on Wednesday and Thursday. But I think it's fine. I, I think that a middle reliever role for him is good. And he's actually good against lefties yeah. as well. I think this is a chance for maybe him to get back on track. You give Matthew Libertor some more opportunities and see what that looks out like. Because I still think that if Matthew Libertor, he needs to be part of the future of the starting rotation. And you got to figure that out sooner rather than later. And also not mess with him, too. Right. And, Brooke, the other thing is, they just have to play the best guys in the best position. They can't look at contracts. They just have to. If yes. Steven Matz serves your team best and is best served as a relief pitcher, so what if he makes $11 million? Do put him in the spot to succeed at the highest level for himself and for the organization. I, I agree. I mean, at this point, it was more than a sample size with what we saw with Steven Matz, and it was regressing. I don't think it was progressing. It was very incremental, too, with his progress with that, too. And I know we're probably going to get some texts in. What about Adam Wainwright? I Here's the thing. I, with Adam Wainwright, he hasn't had as many starts. Is it concerning in some ways? Yes. But what did you honestly expect from Adam Wainwright this season? I didn't expect him to have be an ace for no, the starting no. rotation. That was going to be my question also, Adam Wainwright. I mean, we talked about Stephen Matz going to the bullpen. I, I know we want to get Adam to his 200 victories. I, I know that's an important stat for him and, and, and for the Cardinals. Um, but if he is... If he doesn't have the the great outings as a starter, maybe that's a person. But then, who do you bring? That's up? the key. The, I mean, you've the got question, to replace yeah. you Matt, right? them with. Yeah. yeah, you 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 have to have guys that are ready to come here and perform at that level. And if you don't, then then Adam Wainwright is your best option. And don't dismiss from a team standpoint the importance of Adam Wainwright in that clubhouse and to that clubhouse and what it would do if you decided that he wasn't going to be one of your starting pitchers. By the way, I I love sports. I love baseball. But there are certain things I hate about sports and that I hate about baseball. And I hate the fact that starting pitchers aren't allowed to go seven innings anymore. It drives me crazy. Randy, there was a guy in Cleveland a couple of days ago that Ooh. looked really good. Did yeah, yeah. He, was a, he was really good. Yeah, but you, I wonder if <laughs> he went into the seventh inning. Shane Bieber. Yeah, he, he let's let's think about this. Sorry. If he were a Cardinal, if Shane Bieber were a Cardinal, 
would they allow him to go seven innings? See, here's my thing. I, I The reason why I love veteran players is when you get to a point where you can say the hell with you mm-hmm. and do whatever. Like, that's why I asked Wayno the other day, have, have, have you ever said to the, to the manager, hey, no, go back. Get the hell away from me. Mm-hmm. Because when you are a veteran player, you are allowed that. I, I watched a player toss his helmet to the old line coach and say, no, hell no, you do it. <laughs> and sat there on the ground the rest of practice. It was amazing to me. I couldn't do it, but he was a veteran. He was a starter. And so when you're a veteran player, if you are Shane Bieber and you got the ball and you're rolling and that manager comes out and you give him a stare, it's either either take the ball out of my hand or go away. You're going to have to physically remove this ball from my hand. And most times the manager will say, okay. So the front office will have to say, okay. So I, I think having those types of players matter. And, and when you want to be successful, you got to have some stubbornness to you to understand that this is my ball. I'm going to pitch it, and you're going to get the hell back in that dugout right now. Well, especially with how much this bullpen has been used to. I, I mean, it's almost like, I, and Wayno said it too in that same interview, that he wants to give the bullpen a break because they've been used so much. You know, I mean, right. you have to worry about that as well with the bullpen of – they're going to be cooked by the time that we get to the playoffs. My guess is that if if Bieber is ha- unhappy, you get out to the mound and uh, Bieber's got a mood. So, and he, he, the the manager probably gets to the the mound and and Bieber says, "What do you mean?" So it's you know. Hmm. I, I, oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. That was a Justin Bieber see, reference. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know the man's discography well enough to know if he's so, if, if he's, no, he's, he's pulling off these references successfully. <laughs> Does anybody know? Yes. This? No, it's, I know the Skip, song. I'm yeah. confident. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was another one. Wow, look at you. Did you? Are you looking up Justin sure Bieber song I titles? Because sure I, I don't know. I, if you know that off the top of your head, I would be, oh, I no, mean, no chance. shocked. <laughs> All right, there you go. So that's your that's your Justin Bieber update here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line. 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Take it or leave it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in test 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. All right, get your text in, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. A couple of uh, texts, or a couple of uh, take it or leave it for you kids. First of all, it is our boss, John Kioski's birthday. Happy birthday to JK. Happy birthday. Yeah. And happy birthday if it's your birthday or your half birthday today. Uh, happy birthday. But take it or leave it, uh, you kiss up to the boss with a present on his birthday. Ah. Uh. I didn't bring one, Randy. Oh, so I, didn't. I, didn't. Oh, I, didn't. I guess I would have to leave I, it. I may. Maybe I we can go grab later. something. So a little later, yeah. <laughs> he likes a nice Cabernet, <laughs> I know. He's listening. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, JK. Happy birthday. We appreciate it. Okay, and another one. The Cardinals regularly make the playoffs. Take it or leave it. If they don't make the playoffs this year, you'd be fine finishing with the worst record and having the a potential for the first pick in the draft. Leave it. 
The, I would be fine with that? Yes. No. Take it or leave it. I'm going to leave that. Okay. No. Okay, there are people that say, well, if they don't make the playoffs, it doesn't matter anyway, and they would be fine finishing with the worst record and being in the draft lottery. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think that they would like that. I, I don't, don't think I fans don't, would like that that much. I don't want to be last. But if you ain't first, you're last. I think the Cardinals <laughs> a little low of the last. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Happy Valentine's! Okay, hold on here. I, I can fix this. I, I think we got it. That just happened. Maybe not. Uh, anyway, we got something from Ricky Bobby. But here's the thing. I think the Cardinals, and I believe the Cardinals are happy about this too. I believe that the last time the Cardinals finished with the worst record in the league was 1908. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd probably like to preserve that run. The, I think every other team in the National League has finished last since 1990. And the Cardinals, I think, have gone since 1908 without go. having the worst record yeah. in the league. So I'd like to preserve that. Preserve you don't, that you don't ever want to be last. That's terrible, Randy. Last is bad. It's, it, I mean, bad. it can't get any worse. Yep. But you get a little present with yeah. the draft, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but do you know how much suffering you had? Listen, hold on. I have been on a team that went 1-11. It was the most memor- miserable <laughs> and memorable, uh, yeah, memorable too. time of my entire life. I made a pact with myself when we were down. We had lost seven in a row. Six in a row. I'm not going to go out anymore on the weekends until we win a game. By the time we got to nine, (laughs) ten of them things, I said, you know what? The hell with that. I'll never go out again my senior year if I stick to this. It was miserable. Losing makes you sick, physically sick. So if you don't like guys, then, yeah, wish for them to lose. Don't wish for anything else. Because it's I, miserable. I think it'd be horrible for Adam Wainwright to go out that oh, way. It's yeah. miserable. Yeah. Yeah. So over the weekend, I, now we talked about this. Uh, Scotty Pippen was talking about one Michael <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey Jordan, saying he's a he was a horrible, horrible player. Take it or leave it. <laughs> Michael Jordan's son dating Scotty's ex-wife definitely had something to do with that. Take. Oh. I'm taking that. That was that felt so personal, and I know that I it felt like it feels like the relationship has been like very hot and cold, but very cold mm-hmm. in recent years, especially with with the new dating situation. But man, it's like I did Scotty not realize that people are going to that's the first thing they're going to bring up is you're just mad that his son is he, dating your ex wife. to it. He he might be Scotty seems like he might be in his own world. Yep, I it's Scotty's world, and you're just here. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and he should know. He was married to her for a long time. He should know that Larsa's got an eye for the youngsters, yeah. right? It is what it Blake is, Beasley, man. Beasley, you yeah. know, it's, that get happened. Get eye for the youngsters. <laughs> <laughs> she's kind of a coog, cougar. Yeah, she's kind of a cougar. That's fine. Yeah, I'd she's, say so. And, and I guarantee you Marcus Jordan is enjoying himself. <laughs> and Scotty just can't stand that. No, uh, no. Sick. Uh, the best way is to just leave it alone. Yeah. Yep. Don't bring yep. attention Don't to bring it. Don't bring attention to it. Leave it alone. It, it, it was very, I had it's to like Ashley watch it. It had, had kind of died down. Yeah. now. And now, now it's fired it's back. back up. Yep. Yeah. There you go. I had to rewatch it a couple times. I was like, do you really <laughs> think that this is a good idea? It's where that kind of like PR stuff comes in where it's like, somebody should have warned you that it's probably not going to go over well. Yeah. Um, take it or leave it. I'm sure that this might get some interesting responses, but I asked you guys during the break, take it or leave it. Wayno is going to finish with an ERA right below five. I'll take it. Yeah. 4.92. 
will be my number. <laughs> that is, that's right below it. it yeah. It will not be at five. It will not be five. I think it definitely cannot continue this way, especially for the next couple of months. If if his ERA stays what it is now, I, I would say that then we can be a little bit more concerned. But it seems mm-hmm. like you give Wayno with the long body of work that he mm-hmm. has, that he will be able to figure it out. Yeah, I'm. I have confidence in him. I, I think he's actually still in spring training mode, in, physically. He's still getting back to what he's supposed to be. And it took Miles Michaelis a while, and Wayno yeah. had the delay because of the injury. So. Yeah, I can see him taking the kind of same path that Miles Michaelis did. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what do we got on the text line, Matthew? Take it or leave it. Throwing Helsley 18 hours after going four outs is managerial malpractice. Um, I don't think so. I, I, I don't, you know. Guys are are prepared to pitch a couple of days in a row. Just sometimes it didn't it didn't work out how you wanted it to. No. So. It, well, and the thing is too, it seems like that was a big concern with Helsley is like with back to back games, and you would hope that it wouldn't go in that way, but that was that was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was pretty. What did we say? How many blown saves that they've had this season, Rock? Um, I think they are, a dozen, cousin. yeah, they are. They have a dozen, which is tied for the tops of the MLB with like six mm-hmm. other teams. And good. Ryan Helsley is tied for second with like fifteen other pitchers with uh, four blown saves. So if you put Plus those save. twelve wins on, you are rocking and rolling. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think math would tell you you can only maybe like bank like maybe seven or seven or eight of them. Why not all of them? Because well, that's unrealistic. It's a save. That's your job. I'm just saying it's unrealistic. It means you got the lead, doesn't it? Just saying. <laughs> taking or leaving cards. I mean, yeah. Card, taking or leaving cards fans would be significantly more upset if they were spending like the Phillies and the Padres and were still where they were in the standings. Oh, take it. Oh, yeah, take yeah. it. I mean, yeah. the fact that they ain't spending no money and losing is one thing. <laughs> Would Cardinal fans be happy with where the Padres, if if they had spent like the Padres and performed like the Padres? No. They'd be... Still wouldn't be no. happy, huh? Outraged. Hmm. <laughs> okay. No. That has Mayhem. been a very weird story this season, though, with the Padres. I, I figured that it would be a little bit better by You'd now. think so, yeah. Yeah. Take it or leave it. One of these following players will be a Cardinal by the deadline. Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, Shane Bieber. Take it. Take it. Well, <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks ago, I said Jordan Walker may not be out of here, but he's mm-hmm. going against the grain. <laughs> take, on the other side of this, take it or leave it. Maybe you guys should stop talking about pitching you can acquire at the deadline and start talking about players on the Cardinals team that other teams will be acquiring at the deadline because this doesn't look like a playoff team to me. You think there'll be sellers? Mo said yesterday that they will not. Yeah. And if, even if the Cardinals would try to sell. Montgomery and Flaherty, and who else? Who who else brings value to another team in a playoff? Run? On the roster right now? Yes. On this roster yep. right now? Mm-hmm. Trace Barrera. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, I mean, you're not getting rid of uh, Gorman. Nope. Goldie and Arenado are here. Wilson is here. Yep. Paul DeYoung, maybe. He's over his last slump. five games. Right. It's, it's crazy. It's unfortunate. It, that, that to me is one unfortunate thing because he's a guy that when he goes over, like Nolan Arenado can go over 21, over 29. No one, bat, they, they, they bat an eye, but it's not really looked at with that much scrutiny. No. When Paul DeYoung, he can go over 15 and people, people are panicking. Yep. Like, oh, get, what, here, so, here we go. Right. So I just don't see the value out there <laughs> for a team that is in a playoff hunt. 
that the Cardinals would be willing to. I'm, all due respect to Tyler O'Neill. Who's going to want Tyler O'Neill for a playoff run? Because no. you can't count on him, right? So, Flair Carlson? But if I you're the Cardinals, you can't get rid of him. No, no. When he's healthy? Right. There, there, there's only one. It, yeah. I would say Flaherty and Montgomery both. I, I would think Montgomery would hold, especially if somebody thinks they can fix him. I would think he would hold value. And the way Jack has been pitching, you'd love to have him if you were in a playoff race. By the way, most recent season of having the worst record in the National League, Cardinals 1918. I said 1908. It was actually 1918. Atlanta in 1990 is the next most recent. So it's uh, it's Washington last year. Yeah. So (laughs) Atlanta in 1990, Dodgers in 92, Mets in 93, Milwaukee had the worst record in 02, Colorado in 05, Cubs in 06. Cardinals go back to 1918. That's 105 years ago. Pretty spectacular. Yeah. So maybe you don't want to finish with the worst record in the National League just to preserve that that on your resume. Yeah. You don't want to be that guy. No. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Coming up, Lutz Fahnenstiel, the uh, sporting director for St. Louis City SC. His team is rolling again. He's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's the only way City knows how to play. Oh, that's completely given away. And it's an equalizer. In a word. Chaos. Oh, it's a down City SC on the opening drive in our weekly segment we like to call Controlled Chaos. Brought to you by Keystone Event Staffing. Better people mean better events. With Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And after a 4-0 clean sheet against Kansas City last week at City Park, St. Louis City SC with another victory, 3-1 over the Vancouver Whitecaps Caps on Saturday night. And we head to the Celebrity Line. And joining us right now is the sporting director for St. Louis City SC, Lutz Fahnenstiel. Lutz, great, Lutz. great to have you with us. Good morning. How you doing? Very well. Good morning. How are you guys? <laughs> We're doing well, and uh, I, I would imagine that you're pretty excited about the way that your side is performing. Yeah, it was uh, you know two really good home victories, uh, um, especially uh, last week against uh, Sporting KC. I mean that was a very emotion came in place as well. But then we needed to follow it up against a team like Vancouver, which is always difficult to play. They they're making it hard for their opponent. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's always a little bit gritty to play against them. And uh, we knew it would be tough. It would be maybe a little bit uglier than against uh, Sporting. And uh, it, that was the challenge. And I think, uh, yeah, we deserve to win the game as well. Well, Lutz, one of my favorite things from this weekend, of course, was Miguel Perez with his goal. I mean, what a spectacular story and just moment. Can you just tell people about his journey to playing for City City SC? And I mean, he graduated high school and then just a few days later, he gets that goal for you guys. Yeah, you know, uh, Miggy, Miggy's the kid which literally was one of the first kids uh, I found when I came in 2020. Uh, funny enough, really next to a cornfield in Boonville uh, at an ODP program where he stood out and then he went through all the trial system, the process. He played in the 17s. He played last year in the next pro. So he really made every step possible uh, through the whole structure which we have built. Uh, he uh, somehow really deserved uh, that professional contract after a very good preseason. And 
yeah, I mean, you know, he plays nearly every game. Uh, he gets good minutes. He started to represent the national team at under-19 level as well for the United States youth national team. And he scored like uh, two weeks ago in a cup game. And then, of course, Jerry on the top of the cake now, graduation on Thursday, uh, coming on and then scoring that, that really important goal to really put the lid on the top uh, and, and finish the game off. What a story, you know, it's, it's, it's the local boy uh, from Pattonville and uh, it's just it's just an unbelievable great story. And, and I always said from day one, we want to actually try to push really hard to get local youngsters into the game, that we, we give them an opportunity for our homegrown players. And Miggy is hopefully the first one of a big group who will come and follow. And, uh, yeah, what a story. Uh, absolutely amazing. Lutz, when you get a guy like Miggy, that does, I guess, give most of uh, a boost to the younger players in the area, knowing that this kid is graduating from high school and playing in an MLS game and scoring a goal. Do you expect to see uh, uh, more of an influx of, of just young, great players wanting to continue to play the game here and be a part of St. Louis City? Yeah, definitely. You know, now we have uh, also with Caden uh, Glover, uh, which is only 16, also already had his debut, and obviously Miggy, which uh, gets uh, quite a few headlines as well. I can imagine in Pattonville, uh, he's the, the the most popular kid in school at the moment. <laughs> but uh, but we need, you know, he needs to keep on working, uh, and he needs to keep on doing what he's doing, and. That he comes over a very aggressive way of play, so I think uh, that the, all the all the senior players they know exactly how to how to handle the youngster. And yeah, he's the prime example. I think uh, a lot of youngsters they want to be the next Miguel Perez. There is a lot of quality out there, lots of players with definitely uh, the same tools. Uh, like if I look back uh, two and a half years ago, with the same tools Miggy had, Miggy worked hard for it. He improved day by day. And, uh, you know, everything is possible. Uh, like, uh, we are willing to give youngsters that opportunities. Lutz Fondon still with us on 101 ESPN. Lutz, one more thing about Miggy. Obviously, he's young, so you can trot him out there on Sunday after he plays in the MLS match on Saturday night, and he plays for City 2 on Sunday. Amazing. Yeah, that was like one of the games where, you know, he, uh, I think we still had enough enough petrol in the tank uh, on, on, on Sunday so because uh, he didn't play that long on Saturday. So we thought it's a good thing for him to get a few more minutes uh, at uh, next pro level. And, yeah, you know, that was the, for me the, the amazing thing. He went out there uh, on Sunday and he played like a boss. He played like a guy who's already very experienced. And I think that's what it does. Getting this first two minutes, you, you're coming down again into a bit of a younger age group. And he definitely already comes up with a, with a really good appearance, and he does well. Lutz, I want to ask about Roman Berkey, because you told me early in the season you think that he is far and away the best goalie in the league. And as I've watched your matches, I don't think that, in my opinion, as a as a novice, that he's allowed a, a bad goal. How do you think Berkey has performed this year? Yeah, uh, I just repeat this then, and he's by far the best goalkeeper in the league. <laughs> uh, I think uh, that will just stay, you know. And I mean, uh, everybody makes mistakes. Also, Roman Berkey uh, will make mistakes, uh, which is normal because he's not a machine, he's not a robot. But the way he plays, the way he leads the team, uh, you know, he makes not just important saves, but especially the way he distributes the ball, the ball on his feet, the way he is on one-on-one situations. So he's the guy for the big saves, but he's also the guy who really helps young guys to, 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 to improve. He helps them by showing them what is being professional. And if you saw 
we win in the game, we 2 nil up, we consider the goal, and he's obviously he's not happy about it because, no, it's not a clean sheet, and he's really getting pissed off, uh, which, is, which, is, which is good because it shows, it sets an example that never stop, keep on, keep on pushing, try always to be the best on the field. And that's what he shows us every day in training, that's what he shows us on the field in the stadium. And I'm not surprised that he's by now a really super, super popular player in the city. But also in the league, I think uh, and the whole league recognizes by now that uh, uh, Burki is definitely different quality. Well, somebody else that is definitely getting a lot of attention too after his goal this weekend is Leuven. I mean, the way that he just curled in that free kick from like an impossible angle, he's doing exactly what you scouted him out for, right? Yeah, you know, uh, on Thursday, uh, I had a little talk with Edu and I said, you know, one of the reasons I brought you over here is because you're really good at set pieces. It's three kicks and we are 13 games into the season. You still haven't scored one. What's happening here? Um, <laughs> and and I didn't really expect him that to he scores from that distance, from that angle. That was nearly the impossible thing to do. Not to take anything away from him, but uh, the goalkeeper should have done better in this moment. You know, that's, uh, that's actually a ball normally you expect the goalkeeper to save. But it was a beautiful goal. It will be a goal of probably also one of the goals which we'll see a lot of times on the replays this season. And uh, imagine what damage he can do from closer distance if he can score from this distance. Lutz, we are uh, one of the players that was doing extremely well for you all early in the season was Jao Klaus. Hasn't played in a while. Are there any updates on on him and will he, when he will be able to return? Yeah, he was close already uh, this week, uh, you know. But it's only match day thirteen or fourteen for us. We have a lot of games to play, and uh, we just don't believe it's worth uh, risking it any doubt for a longer time. I mean, he will train again this week already, also with the team. So he's very close of coming back. Will it be on Saturday? Yes or no? We will figure out the course of the week. But definitely not a long time to go. And, uh, you know, uh, I always said it's great to have Klaus because uh, he scores goals and he's a machine. But in the end of the day, if he doesn't play, well, we still have a lot of other players who need to step up. They showed the last few games that they have the quality to step up. So we need to be able to uh, cover for Klaus if he's out. If he's back, we are super happy because he's a difference maker. And if he's not back, then it's up for the younger guys to step up and, and make the difference. So it's not a problem. And finally, Lutz, uh, you play Houston this coming weekend. What sort of challenges does Houston present? Well, definitely a very skillful team, a team which is uh, technically uh, one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They are having a new coach uh, with Ben Olsen. You feel that they... They are having a big improvement from, from last year. And it's, it's another team which is, which is tough to play. They're having a midweek game now tomorrow away to Vancouver, which is a, a long distance to travel for them as well. Uh, so we welcome them uh, with open hands on, uh, on, on Saturday. And, you know, like it is, I always say home games is for us extremely important. We want to build a fortress. We want to win as many games as possible at home. We want to pick up as many points as possible at home. And we have Houston coming and the weekend after uh, LA Galaxy is coming. So that's our chances to keep the momentum going. We have now two home games, two home victories on the run. And we will try everything to get a third. Lutz, thanks so much for the time. Congratulations on the victory this past weekend and good luck next weekend. 
Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Lutz Fondensteel, he is the sporting director for St. Louis City SC, and they have things rolling, and they do have the Houston Dynamo in town on Saturday, followed by, as Lutz mentioned, LAFC. And uh, Houston, man, that uh, they have a late game, a late match against Vancouver, as he mentioned, tomorrow night, and then they have to come here for a game Saturday. So we will. Uh, our crowd at City Park will open uh, our arms for the Houston Dynamo. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, it is a Tuesday, and how much did the Cardinals' odd scheduling contribute to this run? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Honestly, day game, travel day game, and it showed. Uh, guys are at 18 in a row and you, you can see it you can feel it no excuse but they're uh they're playing through it um today it showed it was hard to get anything going offensively that's the Cardinals skipper Ali Marmol yesterday they did have trouble getting anything going offensively only had two hits and a 7-0 whitewash uh, at the hands of the Kansas City Royals perfect a clean game. sheet clean sheet for Mike Myers perfect game going uh, nearly Ooh. yeah it was kind of scary and so the Cardinals will wrap up this 19 games in 19 days stretch today and the schedule certainly hasn't been kind to the Cardinals but as Ali says nobody feels sorry for them and what they need to do the Cardinals need to do is find a way to win this last stretch. There is no excuse, schedule or no schedule, for the Cardinals to have this sort of performance against Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Kansas City. They should not have split against Cincinnati. They should not have lost two of three to Cleveland. And they should not have split at best with Kansas City. I don't care how long you've been playing. I don't care if you've been playing 46 days in a row. The Cardinals are just a better team than the Reds, better team than the Indians. And but, uh, let me put it in a different manner. They're a more talented team. They have better players than the Reds, better players than the Indians, better players than the Royals. And they're wasting an opportunity here. And that's why they have the worst record in the National League. Well, and we know that, too, that with the Cardinals, I think we've noticed this many times, that the offense is supposed to be good enough where they can outslug opponents, where even if their starting pitching is not going deep into games or maybe gives up a couple runs early on, your offense, the Cardinals' offense, is good enough. You have such a talented group of guys, especially one through nine, typically, where they should be able to outslug and come back and win these games. We've seen them do it. And so it's very concerning when you go through the stretch. And yes, it is 19 straight games. But at the same time, I don't think many people are going to feel sorry for you. Isn't it, Ollie, that also said earlier this year, like when they weren't doing well, like nobody's going to feel sorry for the St. Louis Cardinals right now. And when your offense is underperforming this way and your stars underperforming too. I mean, Nolan Arenado, even Wilson Contreras, he was able to snap that 0 for 27 skid. But still, when your stars are not performing that way, we didn't even talk about Paul Goldschmidt and whatever is kind of going on with him. He's having a little bit more breaks than we've typically seen from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the alarm bells kind of go off. And I thought this was interesting, too, when it comes to roster construction, because that seems to be something that you're noticing as well. Jeff Jones was the one who pointed this out on social media. Trace Barrera 
five appearances during this stretch of games so far. Juan Yepes, 12 appearances. Barrera hasn't had any starts. Yepes, five starts. So those are players that are on your roster mm-hmm. who really don't have a role or any significance or, you know, isn't it isn't guys that Ali Marmol even sees that he wants to put out there in those situations. So to help with this long stretch of games. I, I guess the my question would be, what is the alternative? Jordan Walker would be an alternative to Yepes. But is there another position player that the Cardinals would bring up and play? If every day, if or, Trace, or just a little bit more than more than the zero that Trace Pereira has played. Well, I, I I don't know. I think right now the Cardinals are they're injured. They're scuffling a little bit. They this road trip has been uh, in in Ohio was not great. It didn't go the way you wanted it to. And then to lose the first game at home against Kansas City was obviously not ideal at all. Um, but you're starting to see the injuries pile up. As I said earlier, mm-hmm. a position that there was so much depth in the outfield. Now it feels like you're stringing together, you know, lineups trying to figure out who's going to play left field or who's going to play uh, right field because guys are injured and the guys that are that you have replacing them aren't guys that you think should be everyday everyday outfielders. I don't know how it transitioned so quickly, and I also don't know how Alec Burleson was the one that was left on the roster. You send Jordan Walker down, but you don't give Alec Burleson the opportunities in the outfield as an everyday outfielder. You got two everyday outfielders out right now mm-hmm. in Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson. You would assume that the one guy that was left on the roster as an outfielder would be the guy that's playing in the outfield every day, and that's not that's not taking place. So it's intriguing, to say the least, mm-hmm. as to, to what's really taking place and what's going on. You talked about Paul Goldschmidt. Maybe there's fatigue there, injuries piling up in the outfield. You got guys not hitting well. And, and when that happens, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. It's really no other way around that. I wonder when the last time the Cardinals, from year to year, when the last time they had a stable outfield situation was? It seems like it's been, boy, you go back to like 2015 maybe was the last mm-hmm. time they really had a stable outfield situation. When was Dexter Fowler? He was here? signed after 2016 for the 17 season. Okay. And obviously he got hurt and had the mental issues. When did Ozuna get here? Ozuna came in seven, uh, 18. Yeah, I don't think you can call it 15. Because 15, they have to, they, uh, Gritchick and Piscotty and the Peter Borges is, was, okay. was, was there. So, was supposed to be the center fielder. He didn't work out. Jason so, Hayward's the out there. He's not yep. doing great. 14, they went to the NLCS. Uh, yes. Okay, so 14, they had 156 games of Matt Holiday at left field, 140 games of John Jay, and 97 games of Alan so, Craig in right field. So we're talking uh, nine years. Since uh, the, yeah. was, was that was his, uh, his oh, year. Right, too. right, uh, his year. I, so you, it's... It's been, and the Cardinals have always thought they've had good outfielders too. So to have no stability, to be here in 2023, when they combed through and went through all of their outfielders, and I get injuries are a part of the game, but to have no stability is really troubling. Well, and that's what you're, I think this is the result of what you're seeing right now too, when there's not stability, when there's not consistency, or even guys that you can rely on, then you're you're seeing this, where it seems like guys are pressing, and it feels like you're seeing more mistakes, even defensively. It's not what we have seen in recent years with the outfield. I mean, we used to have multiple gold glove winners out there, and now 
I don't you not even close not to even that. Close, I mean, no. what yeah. was what was the defensive run saved that we that were talking about earlier? I think. Are, are they're in 19th place. They're a minus, either minus 12 or minus 22. Right? Yes, they are. Yeah, uh, tied for 19th right now for a total of minus seven. Minus seven. Uh, in 22, and they were um, tied for fourth last mm-hmm. year, and they were second the year. Before. Second the year before. Yeah. It, it's. I mean, just watching it, you can you can look at it with an eye test. Like I said, Brendan Donovan. He's, he's making the catches, but it looks a little uncomfortable out there. Oscar Mercado kicked the ball around, allowed uh, Ramirez to get the second base. It didn't hurt you, but it's just those things happening, and you're on the mound pitching, you have to have less confidence mm-hmm. in what's going on behind you when guys aren't as confident or don't look as confident in the field. It, it, it has to be frustrating. And the fact of the matter is, the Cardinals showed they can do it against Milwaukee and the Dodgers. I don't think that was a fluke. I think that's more representative of the Cardinals' abilities, but they just aren't playing up to their abilities in this last stretch. No, and and also, too, we know that we've been on Jordan Walker watch. I know that, CD, you have your prediction. What is it, June 27th, I believe. 27th? After the London trip. Depending on what happens with Lars Newtbar, and that will be very interesting to watch in the next couple days, there might need to be a move sooner than that. And I think that Jordan Walker, why not have him come up here? But it's interesting, too, because we have some sound here with Jordan Walker down in Memphis and he talked to some local reporters down there and what was the reason he was sent down guys launch angle launch angle and walk rate okay so now listen to what he told reporters in Memphis I kind of went back to what I was doing before Um, I was told to start hitting the ball in the air and that kind of got to me a little bit about trying to force the ball in the air a little bit too much Um, and I forced myself to do things that I usually don't do so Right now, I'm not too worried about getting the ball in the air more, and I'm starting to drive the ball a lot better now. So I think it's just, you know, being more relaxed and not thinking about it at the plate. There's no <laughs> point if I try and hit the ball in the air if I'm not hitting the ball at all, you know. So I might as well hit the ball hard, and if it's on the ground, it's on the ground. I'm trying to, you know, find a hole, maybe drive a run in, and then I feel like as I go through the season, it's going to get more in the air just like it did last year. So I just have to trust myself and trust how my swing's been. You know, the past three years I've been in the organization, and that's just what I have faith in. Well done, mm. young man. Oh, my. Mm. Well done. Oh, my. This is a young man who has a veteran soul. I talked about it earlier. When you are a veteran, you do whatever the hell you want to do, and it's on them to figure it out. When you are a superstar, that <laughs> I give you a okay. round of applause, okay, young man. So, I love it. Who does he wind up playing for next year? <laughs> Whomever. The 29 teams will be, you don't want him, we'll take him. Mm-hmm. You... This young man understands who he is. He understands what he is. He understands his value as a player. And he is not going to allow a front office or anyone to tell him, hey, you need to fix this. He had the highest, the, the, the longest hitting streak for, for who? For, for a rookie to, to ever, ever play the game? Ever. To mm-hmm. ever play the yeah. game. To start off a season. And you want him to change it because it doesn't look how you want it to look, man. I would add, and and so my question would be: How many times have you stood in the batter's box and swung at pitches from major league pitching? Because if you haven't done it to the level that he's going to do it, or or has done it to this point, trying to change things does not always work for everyone. And I mm-hmm. I applaud him. I applaud him for standing in his spot and saying no. I will not change. What point is me hitting the ball in the air or attempting to if I'm not hitting the ball at all? So, you know, it it may be a a philosophical differences. Mm -hmm. We've heard that term before. 
and maybe he's not here, and maybe that will be the best thing for his career. And then you will be looking at this trade as another Randy or Rosarina, where you're saying, "What the hell were the Cardinals doing?" We just get to get a get a glimpse of it prior to it actually potentially happening. Well, and the thing is too is as soon as I heard that sound, I was like, "Uh oh!" Like because that's that's when kind of the alarm bells gone have gone off because you have seen in the past when a player kind of goes against what maybe they are asking for you, especially publicly, that it doesn't bode well for the players. We already had someone from the 618 text in. They've done this to several guys. Wong, DeYoung, O'Neal, Bader. Yep. And and you can see, and he, he even said in that first line, what did he say? He said, it did get in my head a little bit too because then you have all those different voices in your head yeah. kind of telling you what to do. It's kind of like you were talking about with your son with his swing and working with him too as many too many people yeah. telling him what to do then he's overthinking <laughs> it. Yes. It sounds really simple but if the players even notice that as well it's too many voices wanting to change too much. It, it just doesn't work. The reason that you got to the majors is because of what he was doing prior to that and look and it, maybe he can learn the outfield more and stuff like that. Should they have been doing that sooner? Probably. And and my thing to that is every person that we've talked to, that we've heard, said he is a superstar. None of them, not one of them said, yeah, he'll be a superstar if he changes his swing to have a better launch angle. I didn't hear one person say that. I didn't hear one uh, uh, person that is is in the media that is does does baseball every single day. None of them said that. They all said this young man is a superstar. And then the front office says, "Yeah, but, yeah, but it doesn't look how we want it to look. You're a superstar, but." That's not how it works. If he is doing and has done this great of a job throughout his entire career up until this point, and everyone is saying that he is going to be a superstar in this league, why is it that they are trying to change the things about him that make him a superstar? And again, I applaud him for saying, hell no, I won't do it. And if you don't want me here, fine. I'll go somewhere else. I'll be a superstar, and you all will regret this trade or this decision. Yep, that is... That's great sound from Jordan Walker. That's our fresh take here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got the fight for you. Do you have a fighter? We're good with a fighter. So the fight's coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Paul. Paul, how you doing? Great, Kerry. How you doing? Doing wonderful. You ready to take on Randy? Oh, sure. We'll try this out. <laughs> All right, here we go. Who won the 2004 World Series MVP in the Red Sox shellacking of the Cardinals? That's a nice choice of words, Rock. I like that David word. Ortiz, Manny Ramirez, or Dustin Pedroia? Definitely was Big Poppy. The Heat became just the second ever eighth seed to make it to the NBA Finals. Who was the first to do it? The Spurs, the Mavericks, or the Knicks? Ooh. I'm going to go with the Spurs on that one. 
The Golden Knights became just the third expansion team to make the two Stanley Cup final appearances in their first six seasons, joining the Blues and who else? The Pittsburgh Penguins, the Philadelphia Flyers, or the Edmonton Oilers? I believe it was the Flyers. Which franchise is the last sport is the last to sport multiple 21 pitchers in the same season? Is it the Diamondbacks, the Red Sox, or the Astros? Diamondbacks. All right, we'll double-check our score. We will bring in Randy Carricker. Paul, how you feel? Uh, you know, just like everybody else feels on this, so-so. So-so. All right, we're, uh, well, we'll see how it goes. Randy is walking in. He's he's ready. He's spry. He's, he's throwing away Dr. his Diet Pepper. Dr. Pepper can. Recycling, excuse me, yes. his Diet Dr. Pepper can. Because he does uh he does that. He does that recycling thing. <laughs> I do. Yes, sure. Randy, say hello to Paul. Paul, good morning. How you doing? Oh, just fine. Hey Randy, just a quick uh reminder. I met you well, I would say a few months back, uh Chick-fil-A. We had talked about uh home run hitters and Ken Griffey Jr. I don't know if you remember me. Absolutely, or not. yes, sir. Yep. Of course he remembers. Yeah. He remembers everything. What yeah. did you eat that day? Do you remember that? I had a number one. Like, that's obvious, <laughs> what right? Mean? What did you always get that? A number one with the Diet Dr. Pepper. Uh, all right, Randy. Here we go. You ready? Ready. All right. Who won the 2004 World Series MVP in the Red Sox shellacking, Roxword, of the Cardinals? Um, I believe shellacking is true. It was 4-0. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm sorry. Our side didn't do too well. <laughs> I was, did not. I was like 12. It hit me hard. Yeah, it was it was sad. Well, uh, Matthew, so Patrick was, uh, he, he had turned 10, and we go to game three, and the Cardinals get beat. That was the Jeff Supon game, where he rounds third base. And uh, so we're leaving after the Cardinals get beat, and there's a lady with Patrick crying his eyes out, this 10-year-old kid, and the, the a lady says, it's okay, we'll win tomorrow. And Patrick says, no, we won. <laughs> and, and I believe the MVP of that series was one um, 2004, Manny Ramirez, mm. if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to go with Manny Ramirez. Okay. The Heat became just the second ever eighth seed to make it to the NBA Finals. Who was the first to do it? The first NBA Finals eighth seed to make it. Um. Brooke, I'll do the old lifeline here. I think okay. I know this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do the lifeline. Spurs, Mavericks, or Knicks? Um, I'm not. I'm gonna say what first or last one to do it. Oh, only other one. This is the second. Okay. Um, I don't think it was the Knicks. So we've got the Spurs and the Mavs, and I am going to go with. The probably a mistake here. I'm going to go with the San Antonio Spurs. All right. The Golden Knights just became the third expansion team to make two Stanley Cup final appearances in their first six seasons, joining the Blues and who else? Four in their first six. Um, okay. Well, you've got the... Okay, from that second to six, Pittsburgh didn't, Kings didn't, Seals didn't. Flyers, I don't think did. They went to two. Let's see, six, seven, six, eight, nine, seventy, seventy-one, seventy-two. They, they definitely didn't do three. 
So that takes care of the second six. Did the Islanders do it when, um, let's see, the Islanders started up after the Cardinals or after the, I, I, I will go with the New York Hockey Islanders to do, I, I think they started in 69, right? 70, so one, so two. Oh no, they would not have done it. No, uh, not the Islanders. Okay. So let's think about this. We've got Vegas. Um, hmm. Just trying to think of teams that went to three Stanley Cups. Florida didn't do it. Tampa didn't do it. None of the recents did it. Just for clarification, it's two Stanley Cup final appearances in, in the first six seasons. Oh, two. In first six two seasons. in their first six. The Blues did oh. three, but the, oh, well, the, 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 yeah, the record the, is two in oh, the first six. Then the Flyers. Okay. Which franchise is the last to sport multiple 20-win pitchers excuse me, in the same season? Two 20-game winners in the same season. Um, well, let's see. I, th- I think the 01 Diamondbacks might have done it. Um, has anybody done it since is the question. Did Schilling and Pedro do it? I don't think so. Angels in 02. I don't think they did it. Cardinals, I don't think ever had both guys win 20. Carpenter and Wainwright. So I will, in the essence of time here, take a shot at the Arizona Diamondbacks of 2001. This was a very tough fight. Good job. He's Ron. so happy. He's I'm not so that proud. happy about that. I want, I want a lot of right you answers. A, you did a good job on that, this one. If, This means that there's a lot of people driving around St. Louis saying, what the hell is going on no. right now? There was one total question correct across uh, across mm. these four to two different players. So, who is the winner of today's fight? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. I'm very sorry, Paul, but it was a close one today. Randy beat you 1-0. Wow. What? (laughs) I'm very sorry. Everyone's confused. Let's go through those answers. 2004 World Series MVP, the Boston Red Sox sweep the St. Louis Cardinals. It was, in fact, Manny Ramirez who did that. Happy birthday to Manny Ramirez. That is his birthday today. The the Heat became the second ever eighth seed to make it to the NBA Finals. The New York Knicks in 1999 are the first and only, uh, were the first and for a time, the only eighth seed to ever make it. The Golden Knights became just the third expansion team to make two Stanley Cup final appearances in their first six seasons. Obviously, the Blues are in there. This one, in fairness, is kind of cheating, but technically the 1979-1980 Edmonton Oilers are an expansion team. No, they, they would go to the. No, they were. They, the, the it was w- a merger. It is technically they merged. Right, it, they were they are, in existence. It is counted because it's not because it's the WHA, not the NHL. It is technically counted. I'm so glad. And they you went won. to the, they went to a yeah. final in their fourth season and then one in their fifth and sixth <laughs> they were, seasons. They the were Philadelphia a, Flyers they were an expansion season when they started with the WHA. The, the Philadelphia Flyers <laughs> went in their seventh and eighth seasons okay. in existence. So I'm just saying. The Oilers is the, the Oilers. technical answer. I, I, the, the, that, that is very, very technical and very, very wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and which franchise you got to win? And which franchise is the last to sport multiple 20-win pitchers in the same season? It's a lot 
more recent than that. In 2019, Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole with the Houston Astros oh. both won 20 games. You got it, Randy. You got the first one, and that's all you needed. So a win today for Randy again. Thank you so much for joining the fight today, Paul. Uh, have a good one, Randy. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, Paul. Good to have you with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up next, we're going to talk some hockey with Panger. He's getting ready for the finals between Vegas and Florida on TNT. Darren Pang next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Carrie and Randy, and we're so excited that Darren Pang is going to be part of the coverage of the Stanley Cup Finals on TNT. The Florida Panthers against the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas winning last night against Dallas to win that series and represent the West. And Darren Pang, good morning. Great to have you with us on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, everyone. And yeah, yeah that series, uh, we thought that would end a, a few games ago, but somehow Dallas was able to ex- you know keep extending it without Jamie Benn and but then last night, man, I was watching that game. I'm like, they are flat, real flat. And, uh, you know, so it's going to be really interesting. Cross-country tour of Vegas and uh, and the Florida Panthers for the Stanley Cup final. Who would have bet on that a couple of years ago? No doubt about it. And especially if you would have told us that the Vegas goaltending situation would be what it was. And, Panger, they're still paying Robin Leonard $5 million a year. But here they are in the finals. And it's, it's even different, I think, than the Blues with Bennington back in 2019 because – they really didn't. It's kind of like Matt Murray, I guess, with the Penguins a few years ago, right? They they didn't get their goaltending situation settled until really the playoffs started. No, you are right. It's not. It's not the same. I mean, from that January, you know, whatever third moment in in Philadelphia where Biddington got the shutout, um, the team just kind of rode it from there. And and uh, uh, and he was, you know, although Jake Allen came in and played some games, it was there was no question, uh, especially on home ice. And if you recall at that time. You know, the Blues were having a real tough time on home ice, and, and I think so was Jake Allen. And so when, when Bennington came in, he was just kind of a savior. Every every save that he made that was probably the same as Jake Allen, the crowd was just so much more confident at that particular time. And then Jake went on the road and played great. But um, in this situation, yeah, I mean, they listen, they had Robin Lehner. They, they've made some mistakes, uh, Vegas has. I mean, they've made some mistakes in calculating, you know, goaltending along the way. Uh, bringing in Robin Lehner and 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 moving along, Mark Andre Fleury was the first one in my opinion. I agreed. You know, and then they sign him to the deal, and then, uh, you know, now they're now they're sitting there with a, you know, with a cap filled team full of really good veterans. They trade for Jack Eichel. They sign Alex Petrangelo, and and they've got Logan Thompson was their starting goaltender this year, um, and and he's not a bad goaltender, but again. You know, unheralded. Well, these guys are even less heralded. <laughs> so, I mean, it is amazing what they've done. And um, you guys remember longtime NHLer Sean Burke, goaltender, yep, a big guy and like six foot four, six foot five. And anyway, he he's taken over the goaltending coaching duties for them. And I think he's done a phenomenal job. You cannot underestimate the work if someone's got some magic to them. And you know, they're able to take a big goalie, which these goaltenders are, Aiden Hill. And uh, and also uh, the other big guy that they've got, oh, Laurent Brossois. Uh Say that fast, Kerry. Okay, okay, Kerry. Laurent Grossois. Laurent Grossois. 
Yeah, Laurent Brossois. Very good. <laughs> hey, Pager, with the way the Stars played last night, Jamie Benn might have, maybe should have stayed sitting out. They they didn't perform well. But I, I want to talk about Ivan Barbashev. What do you make of him, uh, obviously, getting traded at the trade deadline and going to the Stanley Cup final? How, how does that feel for him, knowing what he's gone through this season? You know, during the year, we, we talked an awful lot leading up into the trade deadline. And I said it many times on on this award-winning show that I'm on right now. Have you guys won any awards? I just want to make sure. Uh, not recently, You're but we've won some existence. We love it. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to give you... Okay, so we'll get... And, and I, I remember saying at the time, listen, Ivan Barbashev's clearly not coming back. He's, his house is on the market. He's, it's sold. He's closing in March. The team that gets Ivan Barbashev will, will, will get the most well-rounded player. I mean, he's a perfect complement to any team out there because he can... You know, he's a number one on the penalty kill. He's a tenacious four-checker. He can, he can go on the top line, which, by the way, guess where he is right now? He's a left winger on the top line with Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marchessault. So, like, that pickup was, to me, the most un- underrated pickup around the entire NHL. And we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, Bruce Cassidy was the coach of Boston, and he saw, he saw Ivan Barbashev, you know, firsthand, straight ahead of him, on the bench for seven games. And so I'm really happy for Ivan. He's a... As you guys well know, I mean, he, he's he's a tremendous person, and he treats people really, really well. He's got, you know, there's something about him that uh, that endears him to his teammates and to people. So I'm really happy for Ivan. He gets another kick at this. He got this can, and he gets to do it with his former teammate, Alex Petranzel. That's very true. I mean, it, and as much as we like Barbie, I'm going to have to say, Panger, I, I don't know, it's hard to bet against Matthew Kachuk and the Panthers with their whole <laughs> run right now, right? Well, it's hard to bet against. If you're betting against Matthew, you're betting against Ob Clark's. So I, I won that. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell you what, I'm going to do. I'm going to stick with Ob Clark's and Matthew on this one here, um, and and, uh, and and enjoy the ride. Uh, yeah, it, it, this is um, this. It is something else. I mean, like you win it all, you go down in history as one of the most clutch performers in the history of the NHL, scoring three game winners uh, in a conference final. Um, and that's the importance of winning it all now. And I'm sure that's what Matthew and his, you know, the Panthers are talking about is like, we've done all this great work, but nobody's going to remember if we don't win. And that's the bottom line. So um, that's the carrot out there for Matthew Kachuk. I'd love to watch him. He's his, his appearance on, on the uh, NBA on TNT pregame show <laughs> yeah. prior to game five, I was looking for the pregame show on, on ESPN for the hockey. And I'm, and, and I think it was an ABC game. So there was no pregame show. And I was, I'm looking over, I switch over to NBA, and there's Matthew Kachuk on there, and for 15 minutes they're talking about hockey. I'm like, that is the best pregame show we could ask for right there. <laughs> no doubt about yeah. it. So Real he, good, yeah. He is clearly Matthew Kachuk. He is an X factor in this series. Uh, Aiden Hill is going to be. But maybe the, the when I look at this thing uh, with Bobrovsky, who at one point was kind of considered a disappointment as a free agent signing by the Panthers, uh, to me Bobrovsky is the biggest factor in this series. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, you're you're a young goaltender like Aiden Hill at the other end of the ice, and you're looking across. I mean, Bobrovsky's he's got the awards. I mean, he has two Vesna trophies. He's um, he single handedly beat the Tampa Bay Lightning four games to nothing uh, when it was one versus eight. I think that was in seventeen or eighteen, and you know, so he's he's you know he's and he's got the mojo. I mean, he. He stepped in in that Boston series and came in and played great and didn't play great in games four and five, but played really well in games six and seven. And then from that point on, he's been outstanding. So other than Matthew Kachuk, he's by far been their best player. So uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's basically what, 
you know what Vegas has to deal with. Vegas has to probably change up how they're going to attack him and where they're going to shoot on him. And um, you've got to employ something different because what the other teams have done against him hasn't worked. And there's been some highly skilled teams. I mean, shoot, Carolina and, and the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, and the Boston Bruins, they're highly skilled. They can, they, they can you know, make a goalie look silly, and, uh, and yet they haven't. So that means that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to have to change things up and may, maybe attack them, on, not on the first shot, but maybe attack them on the, on the second shot. The Kind of the rebound attempts might be more important than the shot from the outside. Panger, you talked about how improbable this Florida Panthers team. They're the eighth seed. They took out the number one seed. They they have been playing extremely well. And, you know, it, it's fun for me to to talk about the NBA and in the, and the NHL because you got two South Florida teams playing in the finals. That is is spectacular what they've been able to do this postseason. You think of what's what's gone on in South Florida this year, and I don't have the <laughs> list in front of me, but I think it's the, uh, the basketball men's, basketball women, um You've got yeah. obviously you've got you know the Heat. You've got the Panthers. I mean, there were a number of, of of seeds that were on the lower side that went on to win championships. So there's some magic going on there in in, in South Florida. Uh, not not sure what it is. And then and there's Brooks Kepka too rolling around right. with his yeah. Wanamaker <laughs> trophy and and seeing Brady Kachuk sip out of that thing. Um, so yeah, there's the you know there's something to be said too about a, like the core group of players. I don't know much about the Miami Heat, but the core group of players of the of the Panthers last year had 111 points. I mean, they were the Presidents Trophy winners last year, you know, and they just started off really brutally poor this year and couldn't find themselves. So, um, so there was something there that, that that they could draw from, and finally they came together as a team. And and maybe part of it was Matthew Kachuk coming over. You know, they lost two players for one player. And, you know, you had some changes going on. It just takes some time sometimes, just like the Blues in, in 19. Uh, that's why I'm saying I'm not comparing the teams, but I, I am. you do compare the situations where it took Tyler Bozak and Maroon and, uh, uh, you know, who else did we have in that? Ryan O'Reilly. Oh, really? One more player, though, that, uh, that came on board that, you know, it, it, just, it, it took some time for them to all gel and for the other players that used to get more ice time to kind of settle in and check their ego at the door as well and, and, and you know, and, and make sure that they're doing everything for the team and not for the name on the, on the back of the sweater. And, and that's an important thing, as we well know in team sports, is to check your ego at the door and then find a way to win together. And that's, that's what's been really cool about watching uh, the Panthers play. I know that you've been busy, Panger, but were you able to pay attention to the World Championship this weekend? Four Blues winning gold for Team Canada. Doug Armstrong also involved with that. Sammy Blay was fantastic. He had two goals, including the game winner, was named the player of the game for Team Canada. That has to be encouraging moving forward with Sammy Blay if he'll be able to continue that going into the season, right? You're right, Brooke, and congratulations to Darmy. I know he put a lot of work into it because um, basically there's a lot of players who want to go. So when players don't want to go, you know, you're on that phone an awful lot and you're calling guys that maybe weren't on your A, B, C, or D list. So, I mean, to put together the kind of team that he did um, and the way that they played with, with a lot of spirit to their game. And, and then on, on the side of, of young players like Sammy Blay and like Jake Neighbors and Joel Hofer, um, I know Perunovic played for USA and there's some other players as well, but you've got to go there and play like it would really bother me if I were the manager or if I was a coach of an NHL team and your country called when you're out of the playoffs in April and you don't want to play, that, that, that upsets me. Like, you, you have no idea how much that accept, it upsets me. Like, what are you going to do? You're supposed to play this game until right now. This is the Stanley Cup final. You want your players to have that mentality to play well into June. 
Uh, otherwise, I don't think you've got the winning fabric. Now, there's always circumstances. There's babies. There's health. There's you know there are, there are certain, but a young player that has the ability to go there and guess what? Now these players can they they've got a gold medal. They wore the Canadian sweater or the American sweater or whatever sweater. And even Latvia, look at the way that country celebrated a bronze medal. It was unbelievable. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for the guys. And winning is winning. And I tell you what, that's, there's nothing like it. So good for them. Um, they, they put another notch in their belt and, and, uh, and, an, and an honor on the, on the shelf, which is awfully good. Panger, final thing. When you suffered a knee injury that ended your career in 90-91, if somebody would have told you on the day that you found out you weren't going to play anymore, they said, you're going to be a broadcaster, you're going to have a great career as a broadcaster, and here we are in 1991, and in 2023, you're going to be broadcasting the Stanley Cup final between Las Vegas and Miami. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a funny, that's a funny look back in time right there. Um, you know, Bob Pulford was the GM of, of Chicago at the time, and I was explaining to him that I don't, you know, should I play, should I not play? And he told me to retire, get into TV, and he said to me, because his good friend was Johnny Morris. Remember Johnny Morris? He worked for yeah. CBS in Chicago, former NFL Bears player, if I'm not mistaken, yep. right? Right. And he looked at me and he said, you're going to be like Johnny Morris. And he says he makes a million dollars. And uh, and he's had a great career in broadcast, and and uh, he says that's what that's what's going to happen to you. So about eight years into my broadcast career, I knocked on his office door, and I said, "Polly, I just want to know where the hell the million dollars." <laughs> it hasn't hit me just yet, but it's coming close anyway. So, um, but you're right, and, and in, in I think in '96, I shoot in '96, I did that along with Bill Clement and Gary Thorne. I broadcast that final which was the florida panthers first one so yeah right. time is going on and and now then i did i couldn't believe we were in miami because really the rink was in miami at the time because mm-hmm. i remember after at about three in the morning we were at the cleveland they're gonna hop in the water on the beach for crying <laughs> out loud so uh but but yes and now we step now we jump ahead and it's the vegas golden knights and the florida panthers no i i would have lost uh whatever hairs on the top of my head if I was going to bet on that one back then. Amazing. Well, we'll be tuned in, Panger. Have a great time with it. We do appreciate your time, and we'll catch up to you next Tuesday. Yeah, that sounds great, guys. Have a great week. You too. Bye Thank bye. you. Darren Pang on 101 ESPN. He is the best. Coming up, our Rush Hour Reset. Got all the Cardinal highlights for you next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Nine ten in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Your St. Louis Cardinals back in action tonight at the ballpark. They'll take on the Royals again, six forty-five with the pregame, and the Cardinals will send Miles Michaelis to the mound against Zach Greinke. This on the heels of yesterday's opener, and here are the Cardinal highlights from yesterday's game. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of it. Kind of it. Uh, perfect, perfect into the eighth for Royals pitching. That's they, all we got. They planned on, yeah. yeah I mean, do you want me to pull Lauren? No, no highlights. Yeah. Wilson Contreras broke out of an over 27 slump with a single. Yay. There you go. There, there you it go. Is. Hey, you highlights. Highlights. You got to flip the bat, too. yesterday. 
Oh yeah, and then to back. two hits the day before. Okay, yeah, or yeah. two days before. How yeah. about the one run? Won the game they won. Uh, yeah. The runner who scored the game-winning run was you know, that you know just kind of appeared out of yeah. nowhere in the mist at second base at yeah. the top of the inning yeah. and stole the base and then scored on a wild pitch. That's winning that baseball. That is winning baseball, that Randy. Is. Yeah. You don't even have to hit the ball. <laughs> you can score. You get a ghost runner. Here's, here's what you do. You go to extras. You get your ghost runner. He, as Rock said, magically appears out of nowhere. He steals third. They wild pitch from a catcher who has, I think, played six games at catcher in his life and look, clearly didn't know what he was doing back there. And you score. And you win. You those, are the simp- those are the... Things about baseball you need to know. By the way, Brooke and Kerry, <laughs> fifth inning yesterday, and I can't believe the umpire didn't do something about this. Did you see that the Royals bunted with a runner at third? What? How? <laughs> oh it, my I, God. I thought that was against the rules. This is you, you, bunting? Yeah. Who would do such a thing? Uh, that's I, not that's that's bush league, Randy. It is. Uh, you you aren't trying. If, <laughs> if, if, if you're if you're actually having to go to the depths of scoring a run by, by bunting, uh, ew, uh, just it's makes, not me, baseball. makes me cringe. <laughs> but the Royals did that thing. They, they did that. That that one thing. You did you hear Adam Wainwright said that? Uh, did you did you watch the broadcast when he was speaking? It was on ESPN, and he said, "There's no way we're bunting." Yeah. Their manager doesn't like to bunt. I don't think anybody in the organization likes bunting. No. They like launch angles, Randy. Yes, they do. Ever. Don't you hit that damn ball on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with you? I don't care if it gets out of the infield. What the hell is wrong with you? Hey, hit it hard and it's going to get through. If you hit it hard at somebody, they'll move out the way. Or they'll hit them. Yeah, never know. Albert Poole's always tried to hit line drives. How did his career go? It was all right. It was okay. Yeah, it was Matt fine. Holiday hit, didn't hit a lot of home runs. He was a line, line, line ball. Drive. Jack, line Clark, drive. Jack Clark didn't have that long get, long angle. Jack Clark <sighs> hit for a Some lot of power. pretty good players, Randy. Yeah. What you speak of? What? Yeah. How dare you? Uh, the other things that happened yesterday, Vegas advances to the Stanley Cup Finals. They blank the Stars 5-0. So Vegas wins that Western Conference championship. Four games to two over the Stars. And how about this? The Miami Heat over the Boston Celtics, 103-84. to The Heat survive. They win the series 4-3. Jason Tatum suffering suffering a ankle injury in the very first play of the game. He was never the same. And the Heat will play in the finals against the Denver Nuggets. That's going yeah. to be... It's going to be an intriguing series. One thing I, I always pay attention to, if you watch the Heat after they won yesterday, there was no celebration, Mm-mm. which yeah. was intriguing to me because that's a team that knows that that is not the ultimate goal. And I know Denver is has been the number one team all season long. They've played well. But that Miami Heat team, that the way that they didn't celebrate and the fact that they said that they packed uh, – for a road trip to Denver, mm-hmm. not to yeah. go, not, not to go home. That let me know that they were a team on a mission and that they were ready for uh, that game and for the next series. And Jimmy Butler is kind of the ultimate troll because I I love that kind of stuff too. Now he did poke fun, probably a little bit at Jason Tatum and his fandom of St. Louis. Did you guys see in his post game? Uh. He was wearing a St. Louis Browns <laughs> hat, so it had a lot of people speculating mm-hmm. on social media what he was kind of meaning behind that. Because Jimmy doesn't have any ties to St. Louis, but yeah. you know who does? He loves St. Louis. Yeah, Jason on, Tatum. Oh. Jimmy Buckets. Yeah. 
Let me get the oh. Heat and the, the Celtics to play here in the preseason game. The duo of the yeah. century, Jimmy Butler and Caleb Martin, just as everybody drew it up. Holy cow. <laughs> they're going to get Tyler Hero back. That? <laughs> Look at the, the, the Nuggets fan. Like, eh, whatever. Yeah. He ain't going to matter. Yeah. <laughs> Can't play no defense. Yeah. Uh, well, Caleb Martin. Try try beating Caleb Martin, okay? Him and Gabe Vincent are legitimately good. Yeah. <laughs> and Max Strews, too. They're, they, they're, yeah. they're going to be a problem. And uh, pretty good, good coach, series. too. I, I think... I think they have the best coach in the series. Yep. And, you know, not the best player. Jokic is still still the best player. But I think they have the better team. It'll be interesting. And uh, you will hear much of that here on 101 ESPN. NBA Finals Game 1. Uh, that'd be Thursday? Thursday here on 101 ESPN. That, folks, is your Rush Hour Reset. Mike Claiborne joins us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A one, two, three, four. Our friend Mike Claiborne joins us as he does every Tuesday. And Mike was with us on the 101 on Sports on Channel 2 on Sunday night. We always appreciate Mike's time and generosity. He's with us now. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing better than the Cardinals were yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a moment. But, Mike, I want to uh, go back to last Thursday. And, unfortunately, I did not have a chance to make the memorial service for Jay Randolph Jr. But everybody that I've talked to about it said it was just a, a great time with a lot of great memories of Jay Jr. Yeah, it was uh, It was a special night. Uh, a lot of laughing, a lot of crying. But, um, you know, it was, it was our chance to all get together and honor one of our great friends and I'm uh, just glad to be there. I know there were a lot of people. They were, yeah, listeners there and people that worked there and, you know, all the people who started with Jay back when we were at KASP. I mean, it was a it was a litany of, of, of who's who as far as I was concerned. And uh, I always think about him, especially this time of the year when the golf season is in full swing. And, you know, he'd always tell me, you got to keep an eye on this guy or this guy's a scrub or whatever. But, uh, yeah, he, he he may be gone, but he won't be forgotten. Well, Klaibs, uh, as you mentioned, we, we kind of ran the highlights, too, a little bit earlier with the Cardinals. Now we had was cricket sounds for yesterday getting shut out. It's their sixth shutout of the season. What is it about this offense that at times it seems so hot and then cold? And it seemed like they were getting back on track for a little bit. But do you think a lot of it has to do with when Nolan Arenado goes, the offense goes as well? Well, he's a contributor. Uh, I, I think Brooke, what we're running into is we sometimes play to a level of competition. Uh, which is kind of dangerous. Uh, you know, we, we play well against the Dodgers and the Brewers and some of the other teams that are considered good. But then all of a sudden, you know, you face the Clevelands and Cincinnati's and Kansas City's, and, you know, for some reason they just seem to have our number right now. Uh, but I, I think it's a combination of, of, you know, when certain people don't hit. You know, Miller order has not been very effective here recently. Um, and, you know, obviously, that, that, you know, good hitting is contagious. And lack of good hitting, is even more dangerous. Hey, Claves, we are obviously struggling with outfield depth right now with the injuries. And Jordan Walker uh, in the minors had a had a comment that really struck me, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I kind of went back to what I was doing before. Um, I was told to start hitting the ball in the air, and that kind of got to me a little bit about trying to force the ball in the air a little bit too much. Um, and I forced myself to do things that I usually don't do. So. Right now, I'm not too worried about getting the ball in the air more, and I'm starting to drive the ball a lot better now. So I think it's just, you know, being more relaxed and not thinking about it at the plate. There's no point if I 
try and hit the ball in the air if I'm not hitting the ball at all, you know? So I might as well hit the ball hard, and if it's on the ground, it's on the ground. I'm trying to, you know, find a hole, maybe drive a run in, and then I feel like as I go through the season, it's going to get more in the air just like it did last year. So I just have to trust myself and trust how my swing's been, you know, the past three years I've been in the organization, and that's just what I have faith in. What are your thoughts about that? Well, you know what? I, I see where he's coming from. Uh, you know, he, he didn't get here by mistake. I mean, he obviously was doing some things well. I think with the Cardinals probably see, especially the way teams were pitching him, you know, A, you don't chase as much, you know, at this level. And B, you know, you just want to make sure you stay within your, your zone. You know, you don't want to expand and try to do something you're not capable of doing. I think what he's saying is, hey, if I hit it hard, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get in the air. Uh, I, I think he's just got to figure out where he's at as far as his plate discipline. Uh, you know, when you watched him when he was here before he was sent out, he was chasing a lot of pitches out of the strike zone uh, and maybe thinking too much about what somebody says about putting it in the air. You know, we talked about this in the broadcast yesterday. You know, two most feared words, I think, for young hitters uh, is launch angle. I think we've been so consumed by that that we have a tendency to try and overcompensate for something that if you have a good normal swing, you're going to be okay. Um, but I think we use it so much and it's, it's you know embedded in this generation's head <clears throat> that you got to have the right launch angle. Um, you know, I, I just don't know if that works for everybody. I think the good level swing has always been something that's been uh, productive in the game. But everybody's got to find their own swim lane, and I think he will too. Uh, I think it's how the message is conveyed and explaining to him why it's more effective if you get it in the air. And I think on the other side of that coin, he's got to be able to say, well, this is what I've done. Help me enhance that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think it's a work in progress. I think both sides can learn from each other when it comes to what are we looking for? You know, it's almost like going back to people. If you ever talk to a home run hitter, normally they'll tell you, I'm not trying to hit home run. Mm-hmm. You know, I trust my swing. You know, if I square it up, it's got a chance to go. But, you know, when you have guys saying, well, yeah, I'm trying to hit a home run these days, that guy's probably going to go 0 for 4. It, it just it doesn't have the consistency. And I think that's something that probably Jordan Walker's looking at, not trying to overcompensate and, and just just concentrate on saying, all right, I got to get it in the air. I got to get it in the air. Okay, get it in the air. It's a pop-up right. instead of a, a line drive over the wall. Because in, in spring training – he was hitting a lot of line drives, okay? He 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 has light tower power, but he hit a lot of line drives, and he was hitting them hard. So I, I think if you can hit line drives, that ought to get you off on the right foot. And I think he feels like if I can just hit it hard and make good solid contact, it'll get in the air. When I heard that, I applauded him. I thought that for a young man to, to understand who he is and what he is and to be able to say that, I thought that that was very uh, important. Do you think that that yeah. could lead to some some what the term ph- philosophical differences <laughs> amongst him in no, the front office? No, I don't think so. I, I think that both – I think obviously the Cardinals have really been impressed with how he his makeup and, and what he's all about. Uh, I think it's probably a conversation say, all right, here we are. We're coming up on June 1st. Here's what I see. What do you see? And I think it goes both ways. So, you know, there's plenty of middle ground to come together on being productive. And so I'm not going to make much out of this. I just think this is just uh, two sides communicating on what we think is the best route. And Jordan has some ideas. Obviously, the Cardinals have some ideas. And I can assure you, 
there's plenty of space in between those ideas to find a happy medium. Hey, Mike, how would a, a young Mike Claiborne have liked a, a Stanley Cup final where you're traveling between Miami and Vegas for a week and a half? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you better want, you want to make sure I'm one of the first ones on the bus because if I'm not the first one on the bus, I might not be on the bus. Uh, it's going to be fun. And, and you know what? I, I'll tell you something. When you think about the, the growth of the National Hockey League, I mean, you're playing in Vegas, all right? A team has been to the finals before. You're playing in Florida, a warm-weather city who's been to the finals before. You have, uh, uh, and what I think, when you look back on this year, the Matthew Kachuk trade, Kachuk trade might have been the most impactful trade we've seen in sports. If you recall, uh, Calgary gave, gave him, or really they didn't give him away, but they got a lot of players in return. Calgary's watching the postseason on TV. And Matthew Kachuk is leading his team to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, it, they're two really good teams. I, I think um, my, uh, Florida has just a little bit more sandpaper, probably deep, four lines deep. Uh, you think about what uh, Vegas brings, very solid defense. Uh, both teams have solid goaltending. I, I give the edge to, to Florida. It's going to be a pretty good series. I, I don't think we'll see a four and done. I, I think we'll see these guys go back and forth. They both play with a little bit of a chip. So seven games would not be a surprise to me. Hey, Mike, one last thing. You remember the 1987 Cardinal season. That team played 26 games in 24 days. Yeah, and you know what? They changed the rule because of that, because now you can only play, I believe it's 20 or 21 day, 21 games in a row uh, yep. because of that, that particular season. And, you know, it, it, it got crazy. And you know what, Randy? I'm surprised we haven't seen more of this this year because of the balanced schedule. And, and, you know, we haven't had teams have to go back and play on an off day yet because of a rain out earlier right, in the year. Right. But when we have this happen, I can assure you somebody from Players Association is going to call a timeout and say, we, we need to adjust or amend how the schedule works because the worst thing a player wants to do is travel on an off day or play on a scheduled off day. You know, off days are very hard to come by. Uh, fortunately, we're going to have two of them in one, day, in one week. But overall, <laughs> Crazy. it's a challenge, man. Kerry, who do you like in the finals, man? We were just talking about that. I, I think Miami is the, the better team. I think Denver has the better player. Um, it, it just depends on if they can stop Jokic, which no one can. And, and Jamal Murray is going to be the key for, for Denver. If he plays well, they probably win. But I would not bet against the Miami Heat. I would not bet against anybody. If anything Pat Riley is associated with, mm-hmm. I'd never bet against Yeah, him. Yeah, good play. Uh, I, did you see the stat that he's been involved in 24% of all the finals that have ever been played? <laughs> it's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's insane, man. Wow. And I want to look, he, I think he's 75 now, so we all have something to look forward to. We, if we've come close to looking like Riley at 75, then uh, we've lived a very good life. No doubt. What do you got going on at Claims Online? Well, today we're going to be at Bootleggers in, uh, in the Grove. Joe Roderick and I are going to do our lunch show from there, so we invite people to come by and hang out with us there. Uh, Rocky, Rocky and Rammer have the two-man game working, and, of course, we have the daily cards with Joe Roderick and Bob Ramsey discussing lineups every day. That, that's a very spirited show. I can <laughs> tell you that right now. And uh, we're going to do something. You know, the commission I did something a couple of years ago, uh, this day in Cardinal history. So every day – we will have the commission talk about something that took place in Cardinal history. And uh, I had a lot of fun with him doing it. And uh, for those who uh, remember that, you have a chance to hear because the days haven't changed. 
And kudos to the uh, Cardinals and, and everyone yesterday for the tribute they had for Rick Hummel before the game. Uh, very moving. Uh, it, it said all you needed to know about one of the finest people I've ever met. Absolutely. Well said, Mike. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great week. You guys take care. You too. That's Mike Claiborne on 101 ESPN. Coming up, can the Cardinals bounce back from this tough schedule? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. He didn't get here by mistake. I mean, he obviously was doing some things well. I think what he's saying is, hey, if I hit it hard, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get in the air. Uh, I, I think he's just got to figure out where he's at as far as his plate discipline. Uh, you know, when you watched him when he was here before he was sent out, he was chasing a lot of pitches out of the strike zone uh, and maybe thinking too much about what somebody says about putting it in the air. Mike Claiborne, um, the comments about Jordan Walker, who said that uh, he's gone back to what got him to the major leagues in the first place, and that doesn't include having a different launch angle. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, I have a question for you. Sure. The Cardinals have the worst record in the National League. Mm-hmm. How much worse would they be if Jordan Walker were here? <laughs> I don't think you can be much worse than worse. No, I, I don't think so either. <laughs> no. and, and they have a need for the position at this moment. They are down three start. All three of the starting outfielders are, are down at this point with uh, Carlson, O'Neill, and Lars on the day, day-to-day because of a back because of back spasms. It's, it's, How long do you think he's had those? Uh, about a week back. Oh, no. <laughs> When I was when I was putting that in the notes last night, I was like, "How do we avoid back jokes?" I literally I was like in my notes, like, "How do we avoid back jokes?" I cannot anymore. Uh, it, it's it, they are in need of that position right now, but you know, obviously, him being in the minors because of his lack of a launch angle. We were talking about this earlier. We got a few texts on the uh, text line saying Matt, Matt Holiday didn't have a. Uh, extreme launch angle. He wasn't a guy that, mm-hmm. but he played left field for a very long time in the majors and had a very great career here uh, for the Cardinals. So what are you, what, what's the, what is the need for the launch angle other than how it looks? That's a great question because yeah. if you go back and look over the course of time, there's a lot of great hitters that actually swung down to get mm-hmm. the ball in the air or to get a line drive. Let's just uh, do it. Tony quick... Gwynn didn't have a, a a great launch angle, did he? Uh, no, he was he had a very level swing. He was always Wade Boggs. Uh, yeah, Wade Boggs really level swing. Uh, some of the great hitters in history. You could argue that a guy like Gary Sheffield should be in the Hall of Fame. If you do a YouTube for Gary Sheffield and watch that swing, I don't think that that was a uh, he swung mess. hard though. Yeah, right. But it, you, you swing he swung down and hard. Up in the yeah. Air. So I just. I don't – sure, launch angle logically, you, you get the ball going up in the air. But I don't mm-hmm. believe that that is the end all to being a great power hitter. And I'm not a hitter at all. But that's just what I think. Well, and it's interesting, too, because it seems like, as you pointed out too, Carrie, that that's maybe something that they have discussed to other players in the past because people also brought up on the text line, same. they said the same thing with Wong and O'Neal and Bader and all that stuff, too. You also wonder if that was part of kind of the notes, the off-season notes that they sent for Nolan Gorman, which things have been working out for Nolan Gorman. So maybe in their minds, they're like, well, it, you know, maybe it does work. But I thought this was a kind of an interesting follow-up, too, 
to the Jordan Walker comments. So the reporter that had put out that um, video with Jordan Walker is in Memphis. His name is Matt Enfield. And he just tweeted out 25 minutes ago, just FYI, since I've seen people wondering in the comments, I asked Redbirds manager Ben Johnson if they were good with Walker going back to what he was doing originally. And he said yes. I don't think this is some sort of rebellion from Walker. The decision sounds collaborative. Well, that's a good thing. That very good. Hopefully, thing. the Cardinals will be on board with a guy who presumably did the same thing last year that, that caused the Cardinals to bring him to spring training. You would hope that they aren't going to go overboard trying to change a guy because many times when you try to change a hitter, you'll break him and he'll never be what you expected that he would become. Yeah, I just uh, for me, it's the the fact that. Everything he had done up until that point was exactly what they said he needed to do. Every pundit that that talks about baseball, that is a a fan of baseball, that watches baseball, that really dissects baseball in a way that uh, you know we don't because we we aren't. I'm not a baseball guy. I couldn't tell you some same things that 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 some of the other guys tell you. But here's the thing: they all said he was going to be a superstar without. Mm-hmm. Working on a launch angle, there was nothing that said, yeah, but he needs to do this more. He was hitting the ball hard. He was hitting the ball out of the infield. And if you continue to hit the ball hard, eventually you're going to hit the ball hard out of, over the fence. So for me, it just it just didn't make a lot of sense to send him down knowing that, you know, you, you felt like you had so much depth. And now here you are a month and a half later, two months later, and you don't have any of that depth because they're hurt. Alec Burleson has not been an everyday outfielder when you have guys that are hurt. Juan Yepes is not ever going to be an everyday outfielder, even though you have guys that are hurt. You got Brendan Donovan, Tommy Edmond playing in the outfield and those are guys that should be in the infield. That's just yeah. what I believe. Yeah. Well, and then also to Oscar Mercado, I know that he came in pretty hot, but that also has tailed off a little bit. Defensively, not great recently. I don't know if you guys saw some of that with the Guardians this past weekend. But at, at the same time, too, I felt like another big reason, I said this when he was sent down, I felt like another big reason that Walker was sent down is because the outfield was not going as, pl- as planned. Because obviously they were hoping that kind of the guys that were the best were going to rise to the top. And that did simply did not happen whatsoever. And so I thought, okay, you're going to send Walker down and you're going to figure out what who are going to be the other guys in the outfield with Walker when they figure that he's ready to return. Guess what? They still haven't figured out that situation. And it's going to be interesting to watch, too, in the next couple of days because the 19-game stretch ends today, and then you're going to have two days off. What will the roster look like? Are they going to make any moves to shake things up? Will Lars Newtbar be ready to go? We know Dylan Carlson is going to need an extra week or so. I assume he's going to have a minor league stint as well, rehab stint. We know that Tyler O'Neill is at a complete standstill, so whatever's going on with that, we can go ahead and mark him mm-hmm. off of any sort of retu- return, I assume. And at that point, too, what what other moves do you think that you could make to help this team right now, especially in the outfield? I don't know that there's many options outside of Jordan Walker right now. I, uh, you got everyone hurt. Yeah. It, uh, where else yeah. you going to turn? Yeah, it is what it is. So I, my guess would be that, uh, barring something dramatic, and I don't foresee anything dramatic, that they'll probably do what they'll probably. Preach patience, right? And try to get the people that are not healthy now, leaving Tyler O'Neill out of the mix, but to get Carlton, uh, Dylan Carlson back, I, I think that that's probably where they're headed is being patient and not making a major move. And I, 
I hope that they aren't offended by uh, Jordan Walker trying to take control of his own destiny here. But they might be. You know, they seem to like things their way. And I'll be interested to see how this all goes over. And all they need to do is say nothing and just keep him down in the minors. Yeah, that's that, that's the thing. It's, Randy, it's interesting. Brooke, the longer he stays in the minors, the more frustrated he will become. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the less likely he will be here longer than the, the, the time is allotted for him to be here. Free agency hits. If he's not asking for a trade prior to that, depending on how they handled this situation, how they have handled this situation, you're running the risk of losing what every pundit has called a superstar in in both mentally and physically. He will not be clocked in. He will not be checked in. He will do his job because that's what we do as, as professional athletes. But when it comes time to get a contract, when it comes time to have those conversations, there are no conversations to be had because of how you handled the beginning of his career. We have Rock and Roll coming up next as we head down the stretch on this edition of The Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Show from 1057 The Point are squaring off once again in a softball home run derby hosted by the O'Fallon Hoots. And it's Saturday at Carshield Field in O'Fallon. The Fast Lane versus the Riz Show home run derby brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling and Complete Auto Body and Repair. It's going to be a fast pitch MLB alumni home run derby as well later that night featuring Andrew Jones, Mike Matheny, Scott Spezio, and Bo Hart. General admission tickets are on sale now for just 15 bucks. You can get all the details on this year's O'Fallon Hoots. Home Run Derby at 101ESPN.com. Seems to me like the the folks from the fast lane would need some help in a Home Run Derby because the Riz Show has like 5,000 people, right? So <laughs> they, do have a, they do have a They have a, a cast. They, they, yeah. have, they have a cast. So uh, oh, Five or six of them. Is it six? There's five. Sure? Five? five? Five, yeah. Wow. Well, you've got Riz, Riz you've Moon. got uh, King Scott, you've got Moon, you've got you Lerner, Rafe and Lerner. you've got Rafe. the new guy. Rafe. Rafe. Rafe, yeah. The new that's guy. It. Did you say King Scott? Yes. Yeah, so, so they, yeah. Yeah, they, so they got yeah, there's four, four, There's four around the table and then King Scott. But the chilling. fast lane only has three, so what are we going to do about this? That seems like kind of an unfair advantage. I think they're going to add two to the fast lanes team. Oh. How are we going to do that? What two of those going to be? I'm the MC. That's UK, right? I will actually be out of town. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh my You know what? Let's hit you can guys. You, can you leave you, your biceps here for me? Uh, no, I got to take those with me. Let me borrow those. I'll trade you. I'll trade you. We're long sleeve t-shirts. I think as they say in the business, a B-Cam Ferrario have been there, done that. Yeah. So I've no, been there. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well Definitely done. been there. Well right. done. done that. So no, let's, uh, so Matthew, much. Matthew, Brooke, you, you two have any interest in participating? Yeah, yeah sure. Why not, Brooke? Yeah, you want to do it? Yeah, we'll hit some home runs. Sure, let's, let's yeah. try it. All right. I need you all Good. to at least hit one. Got to hit one. Hit one. Got to hit one. But I think I, I have faith in you two to do us an outstanding job. You were job. a little concerned about Rock's oh, Rock, I love Rock, but Rock... Rock asked me to show him something, and I showed him, and then he that's said, that's not, what I did. And I said, no, that's not what you did, sir. You need a little bit more work here, Rock. <laughs> Just listen to Kerry. Just listen to Kerry, okay? Don't listen to me. I, I, I didn't, you know. The details at 101ESPN.com. Rock, what do you got for us? Can we get BT in here? Wait, no, sorry. Uh, can we get um, 
Where's Matt Holiday? Yeah, yeah, thank you, 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 thank you. Can we get Holiday in here, please? He should be on the fast. He should. He should. There you go. He should be on the fast lane team. The ringer that they bring in. Yeah, he's on all the time. After you, after you finish home runs, I'm gonna walk up to the plate really quickly. I'm gonna tap the the home home run. I'm gonna tap. Tap home plate twice, and I'm going to tag in Matt Holiday. There you not, go. Not, there not you him. Go. Good play. It's my best plan. Uh, we've been talking a lot, obviously, about the final and finals that have been set in the NHL and the NBA. Brooke keeps talking about the incredible story of Caleb Martin, the star that we all came to watch for seven games uh, by the between way, the Heat and the Celtics. Point of pride here for me. Go for it. Nickname Kmart. Kmart, yes, of course. Kmart. I mean, his it's C-Mart, it's C-Mart, yeah. Oh, C-Mart. 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 Kmart would have been Kevin Martin. Uh, the old, uh, the old score. Ken. Ken. Oh, yeah. Ken. 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 Okay, C-Mart's fine. Um, Heat wing Caleb Martin scored 135 points on 60% shooting in the series against Boston. Per CBS Sports, only six players have scored more points on 60% shooting in a conference finals in the past 40 years. Those six players are Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Sean Kemp, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Dwight Howard. And now, of course, right alongside those names, as you all expected, Caleb Martin. Is Sean Kemp in the Hall of Fame? I know the rest of them are. No. I don't think so. I don't think so. But the rest of those players are all Hall of Famers. It's a pretty good list. It is. I, I just always love like a good story. If I don't have a particular fandom for a team, mm-hmm. I like a good story. The Heat has a good, interesting story. Caleb Martin, too, an undrafted player who was in the G League last year That's to amazing. this is, is incredible. They got yeah. four of them. Yeah, Sean doesn't have really like the college career either. Uh, okay. Come from community college. It's, I mean, 14, 5, and 5 pretty much for him. Okay, yeah, yeah so that'll six, 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 six all pros. It, it, Howard will be. He's all a favorite. He's a, was he top, no, he wasn't top 75 either, was he? But he's going to be in the Hall. Or was he? I can't remember. I don't think he, he was. Yeah, he will be in the Hall. Was he top seventy-five? Um, no, no, he was. Yeah, not. I didn't think yeah. so. Him and Clay he, were. Yeah, left yeah him and Clay were, were both got left. But off. An inc- a very impressive list either way to join the list of names. And let's talk about those finals too, because I want to get you guys' prediction here. The Nuggets right now, if you go to FanDuel Sportsbook, the Nuggets right now are a favorite at minus four eighty. You can get the Heat at plus three thirty. Kerry, you were talking about the Heat being the better team, which I don't know how that's true when you have a team that led the West the entire year uh, as their opponent. But nonetheless, are they you are, are you going with that team. plus three thirty with let, the Miami Heat? Oh, I would definitely take that. <laughs> I mean, I told you after the Heat won that game in Boston, there was no celebration. There was just a look of yeah, the job ain't done. And so they've been there. A lot of those guys, you know, that core, a few of those guys have been there a few years ago in the bubble. And lost to the Lakers. Jimmy Butler was exhausted. Gave you everything he had. Um, but I, I just think Eric Spolstra, I, Jokic is Jokic. He's going to do what he does. But if they can find a way to slow down Jamal Murray, I don't worry about Michael Porter Jr. He's going to hit his corner threes. That's fine. He's not going to play great, superb defense. So you can attack him there because he is a liability on the defensive end. If you can stop Jamal Murray, slow him down, to the tune of not allowing him 25, 35 points, the Heat will have an opportunity to win this series. Is there any chance that the Heat weren't celebrating because they were one no. game away from being no. the embarrassment of the league? No. no. So That's who's not. the guy then to defend Murray? Because I'm with you. I, I, I don't. You aren't going to stop Jokic, but I think Bam can contain him a little bit. He, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think Bam. No. So you think he's think a, a thirty-point triple double every game? Yeah, thirty-five, ten, and twelve. If AD uh, twelve do and it. ten, if AD couldn't do it, oh, Bam can't AD do it. AD is not not going to do everything he needs to do on the on. He was the best defensive player in the playoffs. AD Bam is not AD defensively one on one. The thing I. Guys, stats don't mean anything. I need to see when they show up in the moment. 
AD finds a way to shrink all 610 of him shrinks in moments that's what matters to me when you're a superstar you don't pick and choose when you get to be a superstar you are a superstar from tip to the end of the game if you're not then you are not a superstar and ad finds a way to shrink in those moments which makes him just a guy in those moments Jokic is a superstar because he's going to give you the business every time he's out on the court it's going to be hard for Bam to stop him. I I don't know if you put Jimmy Butler on 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 Jamal Murray. I don't know if you want to go that route because of what he has to do mm-hmm. offensively and how much work he has to do. But you're probably going to throw a lot of bodies at Jamal Murray. Just just giving him different looks, and they do such a great job with their zone. That's really what killed the mm-hmm. the Celtics last night. They that zone is hard for teams to to. They just weren't able to score. They pick up full court. They drop back into the zone. And if you're not making your threes as an opponent, you're not going to win. You're one and done. The Heat are going to take that game. Okay, so let's get predictions. I'm going uh, Nuggets and six. <sighs> nuggets and six? Yeah. Okay. That's not like an overly Okay, then I'll just prediction. do Miami and six. How about that? I want to do – I want to say Miami and six. If it goes seven, it'll, it'll be the Nuggets. But Miami and six and – Udonis Haslam gets on the court for the final few minutes because the Miami Heat fans wanted him to in the Eastern Conference. Well, harder head. Harder head here. That's my heart. My okay. head tells me that if they don't stop Jamal Murray, it's over. I, 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 I could see <laughs> with the rest and the familiarity with the altitude, I could see Nuggets in five. Huh? Well, yeah. well, I could see that. But I, I could see the Nuggets winning. I just think, you know, if they are not, if the Nuggets are not hitting their shots and are not able to Get out, beat that zone defense. It's going to be a problem. Uh, great job today by our producer, audio engineer Matthew Rocchio, coming off of the the long weekend. Great job, pleasure. Uh, Brooke, good to have you back with us. Yes, it's always fun to have Brooke here. CD, I pull bears. There we go. My thing. He, hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting <laughs> in, thing. and being a part of the show, and tuning in, texting in, and then still listening after you do text in uh, for all of us until tomorrow morning at seven. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.